before we get into anything on this episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about what happened uh, earlier this week in Texas. Uh, felt like it was something that just at least it needed to be addressed before getting right into uh, the normal podcast. It really feels like there's time for a change in, in this country. You sort of look around the world, and this does not happen in other countries, and there's reasons why. It's just harder to get a gun. Um, you have to pass a lot more strict criteria in order to do so. So um, that that's just one thing. Um, this isn't a political thing at all. Uh, when people continue to die, I think it becomes a humanitarian thing. So this was very, very tough week on a lot of people, and it just feels hollow you know, with the thoughts and prayers type stuff. Um, as a father now, I just can't imagine having to drop uh, one of your kids off like that and not being able to pick them back up. So just really another uh, tough day and week here for a, a, a lot of people, and we need to find a way to, to make change so this does not continue to happen. It's never easy to make the transition from something like that into sports and uh, our normal show, but we will uh, get on into That's What G Said podcast. Friday, May the 27th. I guess some of you might be listening to this on uh, Thursday, May the 26th, by the time it comes out. And uh, we're going to break it into two different episodes this week, just based on the timing of uh, when I'm recording. And because of the holiday on Monday, there's some extra racing that I want to make sure we get some nice coverage of um, into Monday. So on this particular episode of That's What G Said, we're going to talk some Friday racing from Santa Anita. We have actually, I have uh, one play at Gulfstream Park too, so I'll give you a Friday play out there. Then for Saturday, we'll hit Santa Anita, we'll hit full card Louisiana Downs, and then we'll go this week in wrestling with Chad Cooper. We'll recap SmackDown, Raw, NXT, we'll talk AEW, and we'll preview their big show, Double or Nothing, coming up this weekend on Sunday. And then we'll have another episode that releases on Friday. I'm going to watch the NBA game, and then Eric and I will be able to talk about if we're heading to the NBA Finals or not, and then uh, on that episode, I'll also have some Sunday and Monday racing. There's a really good card out at Lone Star, so we'll talk about that a little bit. I'll have Sunday and Monday for Louisiana Downs on there. We'll have some Sunday and some Monday stuff for uh, for Santa Anita and uh, along with the NBA with Eric. So a couple different episodes. We will start talking Kenobi. That show uh, debuts, and we'll, we'll try to see. I'm trying to figure out if I can do something for Stranger Things. It's hard when when shows drop all at the same time to do recaps the way that we like to do it. So maybe I can bring someone on. We can just kind of talk overall about Stranger Things. We won't be able to deep dive every single episode. It's just it's a little bit harder. It's easier to do that on the week to week because it just gives you a f- the way the schedule is, right? We can all watch an episode, take a day or two, you know, uh, it, you know re- revisit it, 
and then I can record and release something for everybody to listen to for the few days leading up to the next episode each week when you have to do 10 or 12 at a time. People watch them all at once, and then in two weeks, everyone's sort of out of sight, out of mind, done with that show. So we'll, uh, we will uh, dive into some uh, some Stranger Things probably, and we'll definitely be getting into um, – Everything going on with Kenobi, Matt Velasco is going to be joining me for those. We still have a Doctor Strange and uh, finishing up Moon Knight also with the sixth episode just because I've been sort of separating them based on the way the shows have been laid out. So lots coming up, lots in the works, lots happening in the Star Wars and in the world of MCU coming up soon. Let's jump right into the horse racing portion of this episode. But before we do, we always have to remind you that these episodes are presented by Better Than Vegas at BTV Bets. Go give them a follow on Twitter at BTV Bets. An incredible live stream schedule right now. Every day, multiple shows, game previews, previews of um, all sorts of different sports happening throughout the day, pop culture stuff, fun shows, goofy things. Better Than Vegas. It's always free. It's all free content. Different handicappers, different gamblers from all around the world just sharing their insight, uh, games that they're playing, stuff that they're looking to wager on. Better Than Dot Vegas at BTV Bets. Go give them a follow. Right now, let's get into horse racing. We'll talk some Friday and some Saturday, a couple different tracks. <music> Horse racing fans, many of us have been using the DRF, the daily racing form, for years, studying the races, keeping up to date on news with all the articles. I remember looking for a copy at the local liquor store or picking one up at the local racetrack, wherever I was going. Now it's even easier and cheaper than ever to use DRF with DRF.com and the newly optimized DRF Mobile. You can get all the tracks that you want to bet and handicap. Past performances that are mobile optimized for on-the-go handicapping on your phone. So you go to DRF.com from your mobile device, no additional cost. Tap the calendar icon on the top left. It opens all of the options for past performances and for the tools that are available. One click to bet now and DRF bets. Get real-time odds and scratches on race day. You can tap on any horse and you get those same DRF pass performances that you're familiar with with a larger font for your mobile display. One click to formulator for charts, for replays if you get the formulator version. And even on the classic pass performances, you get the home screen with horses, with odds, with buyers. You get a lifetime buyer speed figure graph. You can rotate your phone for the best view. And any horse that you click on, you'll see the running lines. You can easily move from horse to horse. The same data as those traditional classic DRF pass performances. You get an interactive format, which is... Very similar to the DRF Classic version that you're used to on the desktop. Every card includes live data updated instantly with those scratches. And so you get the accessibility from desktop to phone. Cross-device functionality. You can take your notes and save them from one device to the next. And then access your account on any of your devices. On-the-go handicapping and wagering. 
multiple formats to view. You got the overview page with recent speed figures, current day's odds, easy access to expert selections and analysis. You got the buyer speed figure graph with lifetime buyer speed figures and chart notes for every horse. And you got those traditional DRF pass performances that are just newly optimized for your mobile phones. They are constantly upgrading, improving, and making everything easier for you to get your handicapping done at DRF.com. Better. You want to spread your pony knowledge Download the Stable Duel app and play today. And don't forget about this weekend in Stable Duel. Every Friday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time, myself, Barry Spears, Matt DeSantis, we give out a bunch of plays for Friday and for Saturday for Stable Duel contests. But even if you're not playing in Stable Duel games, these are horses that you will like to use because we always talk horses that are 5-1 to one or over, and then once we start talking about all the different plays in Stable Duel, you'll realize you can build a lineup, and then you're going to want to enter a Stable Duel contest anyways. Here's a look at the schedule that's uh, going on this weekend, Friday. Gulfstream Park, Lone Star, Santa Anita, they've got a free ride. You can actually play a game for free, and they have $200 in prizes. Santa Anita has multiple games, Penn National also with the game on Friday then you've got Saturday, Gulfstream, Monmouth, Santa Anita, and Lone Star. Sunday, Gulfstream, Monmouth, Golden Gate, Santa Anita. And then Monday, there's going to be some uh, holiday games also on Monday. They have a, a charity game that will uh, will donate some money, and that will be at Lone Star. We're going to be talking about some of the Friday, Saturday, and Monday stuff in our live Stable Duel stream Friday morning, 10 a.m., Come hang out with us, get those entries in, and play, race, win. So I just got one at Gulfstream Park that I found for Friday, and uh, maybe we can get this horse home in race number seven. Uh, I'm looking towards the outside. I'm looking at the number 11, Chickaboom, who's 8-1 to on the morning line. I think you can toss the dirt race, toss the synthetic. This horse has seven turf races. Five of them have been top three finishes, and you have a fourth beaten a length and a quarter, and you have a fifth in a tough race with some legitimate trouble. Chickaboom, maybe a little bit better than she looks on paper. She had a bad start on the dirt last time out. I think she fits pretty well in this spot. Chickaboom, 8-1 to one on the morning line. Uh, we'll be using in all exotics. That's in race number 7. We'll make a win wager there if we can get anything over 5-1. to one. That's at Gulfstream Park. Just a little extra play for you for Gulfstream for Friday. But we do have a few for Santa Anita for Friday. So let's get on over to the great race place. Friday. They've got a big weekend coming up. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday racing. And on Monday... There will be a big uh, mandatory payout in the Rainbow Pick 6. I will also be helping out with Santa Anita social media stuff this weekend. On Friday, we're going to do a preview of some of the Saturday races. And then on Monday morning, we're going to do a preview of the Pick 6 races for the Rainbow Pick 6. So if you want to come hang out on social media 
It'll be the Santa Anita Twitter. I'll make sure I share that and retweet that and repost that stuff. So that'll be uh, Friday. And then on Monday, we'll uh, Friday preview the Saturday stuff. And then Monday, early Monday, we'll preview some of the Monday card later that day. Let's talk about Friday, May the 27th over at Santa Anita. I'm going to look at race number three. To begin, we got a 50 starter allowance here going six furlongs on the turf course. I'm looking at the number five, Empire Pass. She ran into a horse named Connie Swingle last time out. That's a multiple stakes winner who is now making her second start off the long layoff, and she won pretty easily in that start. Now, you also see Contis Rosina behind that one, and that's a pretty nice Mullins trainee. In that race... It was a pretty good start for Empire Pass, and it was going six and a half furlongs on the the turf course. It was, she was close up third, fourth. She was within two, and she was just in the in the three path. She was in the second flight. She got up to within striking range against Better. She kind of got bumped around. She got floated wide into the turn when they had the crossover on the dirt. And that was her first try on turf. That was going longer against Better. She's now going to cut back. She's going to make her second start on turf, and she's going to get some class relief in here. And we know she's got speed. She can sit off a little bit. She's 12-1 to on the morning line. She may be a fun horse to use in some of your exotics and maybe to play to win if uh, if you can catch a, a fair price there on the number 5 Empire Pass in race number 3. Let's look at race number 4 now. 25 non-winners of 2. We're going 5.5 furlongs on the main track. I'm looking at the 6-horse star entry. So her first, his first two races, he was in a little bit tough. He, he he hooked a horse named Moose Mitchell, who stakes placed, and then he ran into a horse named Straight Up G. That's a multiple stakes winner who won the Mind That Bird Derby at Sunland. He was 7-5 to five in the Grade 3 Sunland Derby with Straight Up G. Star Entry then dropped in for a tag and broke his maiden. And in breaking his maiden, he beat three next out winners. Then he tried turf twice. One of them was going a little bit longer, and he kind of ran off in that race. Last out, he was close up. He was fourth. He was within two, and he was right with the leaders. He had to grab a hold, though, and back up because it was either grab a hold or battle with a couple others. And once he got grabbed a hold, he backed up. He got caught in between horses. He was kind of forced on the inside. Was he going to win? No. But it was not a great trip on a different surface. Now he go back to five and a half and he can sit just off. Let's uh, move to race number seven is where we'll head next at Santa Anita on Friday. So star entry is 10 to one. I'd need at least six to make a win wager there. But uh, another nice horse to maybe use in your early pick fives. Seventh race, the number four horse, Tap It Do, just feels like should get a pretty nice trip in here. The blinkers come on, but she's going to be cutting back from a mile, and it just feels like there are a bunch of horses that are a little bit faster than her, and she could get a nice trip. Keep your coil draws the rail. I think that'll force her hand a little bit. You have Gritty Girl, who's really quick. You have Ready Jet Go, who's really quick, and you have Big Mama Thornton, who's going to be forwardly placed. I think Bonita Leona is going to be forwardly placed in here too. Tap it due on the cutback with the blinkers on. That should give her enough positional speed and I think she can sit off a little bit here at the sprint distance of five furlongs. So five furlongs on the turf course in race number seven and I'm liking tap it due on the cutback here getting a, a nice trip. Let's move to race number eight. Looking at the number four in here. 
take the 210. Source is 8 to 1 on the morning line. So the dam of this runner, he's a gelding now, and he's raced twice. And we'll kind of go through a few things about him. But first, I'm going to talk a little bit about the pedigree. The dam was 9 for 27. Earned $270,000, was a stakes winner, was a pretty quick sprinter that could stretch the speed out to about a mile or a mile and a sixteenth. And she produced four winning foals so far. Take the 101, who's multiple stakes winner and multiple graded stakes placed, and Square Deal, who's a stakes winner. Now, take the 210 debuted on the turf. Drew the rail, was a step slow, was towards the rear, was in tight, and then it was over. In his second start, again drew the rail, was a bit slow, kind of, he broke in and bumped the gate. And then he ended up towards the rear, he was outrun, and he backed up. Now he gets off the rail a little bit, he stretches out. It's not as if there are any monsters in here, anyone to be all that terrified of. Then he's 8-1, to one. he's a nice pick four type of horse, or if you're playing stable dual lineups and stuff, he's a nice horse. If he's over 5-1, to one, I'll probably bet him to win. Let's go to race number 9. We'll go a mile and an eighth on the turf course here. We got an optional 50 for three-year-olds and up who have started for a claiming price of 50 or less. So they'll go a mile and eighth on the turf course. I'm going to go to the one horse for the good times. He's had some, she has had some legitimate trouble and she's been very unlucky. Some of her starts on May the 1st, last time we saw her, she had a fine start, but she was taken back to, to towards the rear, about 9 to 10. She was 9 off, and she was inside. She moved in between horses, but she was in traffic. She had nowhere to go. She moves inside, but she's buried, shuffled back. She kept looking for room. She really started to stretch her legs nicely late. Second start off the three-and-a-half-month break. She broke her maiden in a second-off situation with Rispoli aboard, who jumps back on here today for the good times. Very well spotted here. 8-1 to one on the morning line. Anything around 4 would actually be uh, fine by me. For the good times, the number 1 in race number 9. So that's Friday over at Santa Anita for you. Let's uh, turn the page and head on over to Saturday. We'll talk a little bit about Louisiana Downs and Santa Anita. So you'll notice I've been talking a lot more about Louisiana Downs on these episodes because I'm actually doing work with them. I'm covering their races on their broadcast. So before every race that is played at Louisiana, you'll hear me give some analysis and give out some of my selections. I'll usually put out a pick four. And then after each race, I'll sort of recap what happened watching the replay and maybe mention some horses that we could bet back next time or keep an eye on to play down the line. And Louisiana Downs had some big news. They changed their wagering menu. And now the pick four and the pick five every single day will be low takeout, 15%, 50 cent based wagers. They have great, great payouts. Last week we had a, a pick five that paid $1,500 and it ended with a three to two favorite in the last race. And uh, the pick four paid over 850 bucks, ending with that same horse. Every day the pick five is in the third, pick four is in the fourth. So let's uh, take a look at May the 28th for Louisiana Downs. We're going to go to race number one. Five furlongs on the dirt course. I'm going to the five, firing to the front. She's drawn well. She can sit, but she also has some speed. She's leaving some much tougher races. Lost to a horse named Love of My Heart, who won a first-level allowance race next out at Churchill. The fifth-place finisher from that race came back to win a 50 non-two at Churchill. Just feels like she's been facing so much better than the rest of this group. Belmar Beauty, the number four, can sit a little bit. This barn has won with three of their last five, dating back to last year. 
She loves Louisiana Downs. She's got some early speed. She should be right up in the mix. The three-horse Are You in a Band can sit a bit, but she's very quick. She will be close. Her races for this barn have been excellent. We're going to see this a few times with trainer Eduardo Ramirez, where has some horses that have just done really, really good work for him, and they're tough to leave out of exotics. 5-4-3 in the opener for me at Louisiana on Saturday. Moving to race number two. The number three, Cowboy Hey Hey. Had a monster win last out over this track at this distance two weeks ago. It's been a fantastic start to the meet for the Greg Tracy barn. And it just feels like this particular runner has the most upside. He was dropping it from the $10,000 claiming level into five. And the way this barn is going, I'm going to I'm gonna put this runner on top. The one on tilt is just one for 24 overall. But... The last two times he was at Louisiana Downs, those efforts would be good enough to win this or really, really be competitive. They were two of his better races by far, um, you know, in the last year and a half. So on tilt is going to be a play for me, at least in the underneath spots. The six double bogey has a win over the track, has a some decent recent form, exits a race with a couple next out winners, has some speed, and a couple of okay races against winners. 3-1-6 in the second. First level allowance company in race number three, five and a half furlongs on the dirt. The number two, drop dead sexy, hopped at the start, and then was squeezed back out of a spot on May the 14th at Louisiana. She's a lot quicker than that, and she's a lot quicker than most of this field. Jose A. Guerrero jumps aboard for Shane Wilson. If she can cross over on the rail horses, the two who are inside, she could be really tough to run down in here. Drop Dead Sexy is the top play for me. The number three, Robantic Beast. Another one of these for Eduardo Ramirez, who is a horse that came into his barn and has done some very good work in their three starts for Ramirez. Three races, win. Chased a wire-to-wire winner, Madison's placed, and then just missed on May the 20th at EVD. The 1A, Shelly's Money, would be the horse I have in third. Blinkers come off. The dam was a multiple stakes winner on the dirt. First time on the dirt. Third start off the long layoff there. The 5, you know, it's not the easiest spot in the world. Like, the 5, Proud Victoria, can sit close. The 4, Eve's Delight, was a runner-up in back-to-back races that probably... Either of those efforts would at least get her second, but I like the uh, the upside of the deuce. Anything around five to one will bet two, three, one a. In race number four, maiden seventy five hundred dollar claimers. They're going to go a mile on the turf course. I like the six in here. Demuro not going to give you much as far as the price. And this is probably just an exotic single. Maybe you go four six because this horse is taking not taking a drop in class, but is a horse who probably should have been running for better and is down at at this level. His lone turf race is his best speed figure by far. That came against Maiden Special Weights. He was flashing speed that day, and he was fourth. It was not a bad effort at all. And that was at the end of you know August in 2021, and then he went to the sidelines from that point until March of 2022. So he's got some legitimate excuses. He... He feels like the horse to beat in here. There's just not very much as far as proven turf form. The four 
Classic Omega adds the blinks. Now she's got, or he's got two winning turf siblings. His lone turf race was against Open Company. He was sort of tracking third close up inside. He was right up on the heels, and he, he kind of had that buried inside trip. And now Jose Guerrero jumps on for Shane Wilson. 6-4-5, Shady Grady, who's kind of the under horse to use in here. Fifth race, Louisiana bred fillies and mares, three-year-olds and up, which have not won two, six furlongs on the dirt course. I'm going to the number six in here. And last time out, it was fourth. She was fourth, just behind the early leaders. She moved right up on the heels, trying to push through a tight spot, and, and she couldn't, and she had to kind of wait and had to angle around three-plus wide. Her momentum was stopped, and she had to wait again, and then she shuffled while the winner got a really smooth outside trip. You kind of dig back into her other races. On March the 10th, she was in a little bit too tough. On two nine, uh, February the 19th, she won that day. January the 22nd, she had legitimate trouble. Lou Deal, the number six. The four, uh, Zumra Bayou is the one to catch. I think if you put a line through the turf race last time out, her last dirt start was against a little bit tougher at Evangeline. And she finished third that day. Flashed some of her normal early speed. The two, Miss Emma Jean was a filly who broke right on top right here at Louisiana on May the 8th, but Tudor inside flashed more speed, and one rival was up to battle, kind of heads up. It set up well for uh, Ziatrical. So she maybe gets a better trip in here today with you know the inside draw, but she'll probably have to battle with Zumra Bayou. That's why I, I use a horse who I think can sit off the pace a little bit more in Lou Deal. 6-4-2. In race number 6, Made in special weight, six furlongs on the dirt. The number three, Typo, broke on top, was in between a four-horse battle and then settled, was second, was in the two-path, was too deep, and was in between horses. Now you're going to go second, start off the short break. In the debut, she drew the rail. She ran into a next-out winner at, um, at, from Lone Star in her neck, um, her next start, second start. The six-horse, Have I Ever?, is drawn well with some options. She can flash some speed. She can sit off. She tried the turf last time out, and she pressed Flowers a priority. She just couldn't keep up with that runner who was able to move on again and uh, and kick clear. The one Parker, Eva, is... She's a player. I'm just a little bit worried about the draw. Her best race is no doubt would win this race, and maybe she just kind of gets caught in in a bad spot. But she's sort of hardest to completely dismiss because she's run so well. I just I don't really love her as much at a shorter price. Let's move to the seventh and final seven and a half furlongs on the turf course. An optional claiming non two. I thought this was a a pretty fun race to handicap. The number six love to learn. She was a winner. She won by five. For Greg Tracy on May the 14th. And she has just two turf races before. Now that was sprinting going six on the dirt. Her two turf races were way back in 2018. And they were good. Both of them were at Woodbine. They were against first level allowance company. She finished second beating the neck and fourth. And it was the best buyer she ever earned. This distance feels perfect for her. She's proven at seven and a mile at six and a half. She showed a lot more speed than expected last time out. So maybe she, she's got a little more speed sharpened up here. That was just a small field, so that was maybe that was just Lozada trying to keep up with the group, and he'll sit a little bit more, but it's kind of nice to know she's got some options. The seven horse is uh, another one you can make lots of, uh, of, of nice little small cases for. Uh, 
What are you going to do? Karen has three turf races. You can toss the five and a half race, which was won by a wire to wire winner. That race on August the 18th, she lost by a nose to a horse named Becca's Rocket. That's a multiple stakes place runner who's earned over $200,000 and won the next time out from that defeat, uh, from that race. And then on January the 14th, her other start on the turf, she won. Kind of tough for me to leave her out of the late pick four. The two-horse Quinn Murphy just loves to win races, loves it at Louisiana. She's an 11-time winner. And so she'll be in the mix for me too. Six seven two. That is Saturday at Louisiana Downs. We'll have some Sunday, Monday stuff for you on the next podcast. Maybe even Tuesday on there. We'll see because I'll be uh, out there all of those uh, days helping out. I mean, helping out of the broadcast. I'm not out there hanging from uh, hanging from Long Beach, but helping out on the uh, Louisiana Downs broadcast. Let's move on over and finish up the racing on this episode with some Sunday or some Saturday. Excuse me, Santa Anita. We're looking at. May the 26th and we're gonna take a little run through most of the card here in race number one six and a half down the hill the three current mood had a brutal trip in the debut and then was very nice in career start number two and she could get a good trip in here with D's lovely Sophia funny feline they're both really quick kitten's kid won't be way way out of it she's not as fast as some of the other two but Koalina is really really fast and I don't think Paleo's Princess wants to be way, way out of it either. It could set up nicely for current mood. The number three, who's seven to two in race number one. Maybe we use this one like an early exotic single. Bet to win if you can get around three to one. In the third race, Carmelita's Man won't offer you a ton of value, but this will probably be a single for me in the early exotics. This is a mile on the turf. This is the Crystal Water. On um, April the 2nd, the eighth place finisher won next out. Gold Phoenix, who was in that race, came back to finish third in a grade two. Right before that race, in March, she was behind a horse named Hong Kong Harry, who won their next start, which was a first level allowance. Then in May, she was seventh in that race early. She was about five or six lengths off, and she got caught in between horses. She ended up three wide, in between, and trapped. And she actually closed pretty well. She was a clear cut second that day. Carmelita's man in race number three. Fourth race I thought was chalky with uh, just combinations of the three, four. Won't even really talk more about that. The fifth race, the two is sort of interesting to me. He's going to have to step up a lot, and he hasn't raced since December, and before that he had not raced since September. And when he won, he won sort of early on in his two-year-old year. We really don't know how good he is. But he won his debut... He came back in a race on dirt that was pretty tough with straight up G, who's a multiple stakes winner. Phineas, who's multiple graded stakes place. Fast draw Munnings won a, won a stakes next out. And Fowler Blue won an optional 50 next out. Got a pretty steady tab for this horse. I'm going to throw him into some early pick fives at the very least. Probably use along with the four. In the sixth race, it's a maiden 50 claimer for Calbreds. I'm looking at Bags Gold, the number nine who was involved in a kind of a grouping of horses who just did not have a good beginning on April 9th. It was a brutal first 100 yards. He broke out. He was bumped. He almost lost his footing. He took kind of two steps, and then he got bumped again. And he ran into a crowd of traffic. Then after that start, he moved you know, into traffic again. He had to back up um, to the two-path. He kept to the inside, and... He really showed a little 
something late. He finally found some room late. Bags gold. There's more to him. It was just a tough trip for your first start out of the box. 7-2 to on the morning line. A horse to play if we can get around 3-1. to Maybe an exotic single. Race number 7, they'll go down the hill. Calbred first level allowance. I'm looking to the outside, no longer a hobby. So he's not a win machine, right? He's just 3 for 32 overall. He's got 13 seconds. But he's been facing open company recently. Now he's back in with Calbreds. He's been going a little bit longer, and he cuts back, and he goes down the hill. He's drawn to the outside, which is a positive. On April the 1st, which was the last time he was on turf, and it was 7.5 on the turf. He was 4 wide going into the turn. He was 6th, about 10 lengths off. And he got caught in between horses. He had to back out of a spot. Then he rushed up into traffic. He moved inside. He was waiting. He got a nice opening. He really tried hard. It was not a bad effort. He was only beaten 3 quarters of a length, even with some trouble. In his following two races, he was second again, going a little longer on the dirt. And now he cuts back with the outside draw. He can sit off a little bit. No longer a hobby. It's 10 to 1 on the morning line. We'll make a win wager at around 6. We'd at least make sure we need around some uh, some value there around 6. The 8th race is the Melaire Stakes. I used Ute Your Honor last time, and she just did not fire. I was raving about her. She was taken back a little bit towards the outside. The race was won by a 70-1 to shot who went wire to wire. She kind of moved up to fourth within about three, and then she just backed up. Connie Swingle, who was in that race, came uh, came out to win a first-level allowance $100,000 race next out of there. In race number nine, to close things out, thought the four Sasser B was a horse at least worth using in your late pick fours and fives. She's been facing open company. Now she's back in with Calbreds. Two starts back, she was going six and a half down the hill. She was behind Eddie's New Dream, who's grade three place. Becca Taylor, who's a multiple stakes winner, who's seven for eight with the second. You see Tony Ann in the mix there. That was the third straight win. Mucho Unusual is a grade one winner and a multiple graded stakes winner, almost a millionaire. Sensible Cat is a stakes winner who's grade three placed. Sasser B won up at Golden Gate in a soft spot, but I think she fits pretty well in here. She's 6-1 to one on the morning line. Anything over 4, we'd make a win wager. That is Saturday over at Santa Anita. I know someone who loves to head on out to the races at Santa Anita. That is full-service realtor Cindy Carava. Make sure to head to their website, C-I-N-D-Y-C-A-R-A-V-A.com. And as a full-service realtor, she can help you out with buying, with selling, with leasing. She can connect you to the right type of vendors if you need help with home improvement, gardening, landscaping, painting, all sorts of great people that she's had a lot of experience working with. Maybe you need help with a home loan. She'll connect you with the right type of lenders. Anything you need from Cindy, maybe help getting connected with someone in your area because she covers North San Diego County, the San Gabriel Valley, but she can help you out wherever you live. She'll even do a free market analysis of your home's value. C-I-N-D-Y-C-A-R-A-V-A, CindyCarava.com. Time to talk some wrestling with Chad Cooper. It's a big weekend for AEW, so we'll preview everything going on on their big pay-per-view and talk about Dynamite. We get into SmackDown, Raw, and NXT on This Week in Wrestling with Chad Cooper. Here it is, folks. Fight of the night. I'm trying to claim that belt once and for all. It's This Week's Wrestling Recap. All right, calm down. 
And here he is, your hometown hero, your reigning champ, the one and only Chad Cooper. It's time for this week in wrestling with Chad Cooper. We've got a lot to discuss. We'll get back into SmackDown, Raw, NXT, AEW Dynamite. They have a big pay-per-view coming up this weekend. The three-year anniversary, actually, of AEW. So a big weekend for them. We'll end with them and get you all set up for their pay-per-view. Koopa Loop, we can uh, start on over with SmackDown. Uh, Just kind of rolling through what we had on SmackDown last week. Nakamura beat Sami Zayn. Gunther defeated Drew Gulak. Uh, both Sami and Drew just doing great work out there. Uh, Raquel uh, Rodriguez with a, a win over Shotzi. Xavier Woods gets a, a victory over Butch. And then in the big undisputed tag team championship match, we got the Usos. Jimmy and Jay beating RK Bro with some help from the big dog, Roman Reigns. And we... Sort of have an idea where they're going next with Roman now. It it looks like so coming off of uh, off of SmackDown from uh, last week, we can sort of just talk about what one of the big uh, big points coming out of the show was. It looks like after that tag team championship match, Randy Orton was not on Raw. Randy Orton, uh, Matt Riddle mentioned that he you know had some injuries. So in kind of reading the tea leaves, it it looks like we're gonna head to uh possibly. Matt Riddle as the guy to to or just Riddle, I guess they don't really call him Matt anymore, right? Riddle just the guy to uh to go and get Roman Reigns and uh, to be the next guy to face Roman. This is interesting. It's an interesting move here, and one that uh, I have no arguments against. Uh, it, it'll be nice and fresh. Um, you know, I think they kind of toyed with the idea a little bit to bring uh, to uh, or to, to have Drew McIntyre as the guy to come back. I think they made a a good move. To- to, you know, put that away in their pocket. I, I think it was too safe. Plus, we've been there, done that. And Riddle is over. He's one of these guys that have been super hot, uh, in large part thanks to Randy Orton and, and them teaming with Art, you know, as, as RK Bro, and then winning the titles and just being headliners on Monday Night Raw for just for, for a long time now. So I, I think it's really, really good, really fresh. Um, an interesting take here is the tag team titles being unified. Um, and it looks like uh, you're going to have them on Raw. Um, and we've seen them on Raw. We saw them this Monday night in a six-man tag. And, of course, they lost, even though they didn't take the pin. But I think it's interesting here how this is going to play out. But I'm really excited uh, if, if this is the direction we're going in with Riddle and Reigns. I think you're about to see some fantastic matches between these two. And I think this just will solidify um, that Riddle uh, not probably not happening now. Maybe he wins the Raw. I don't know what they do here, but this definitely solidifies that that Riddle is is, is going to have the rocket on one of these shows uh, sooner rather than later. He, he's a star. Love some Riddle. So uh, let's kind of roll through a couple other things that were important on SmackDown. So we, um, yeah, we got that Nakamura Sami Zayn match, and uh, hey, that Nakamura, that was fun. Yeah, really, really. I thought it was bookend really, really well. Has some interesting parts in the middle. Um, the happy talk thing. Uh, 
I, I don't. I didn't have a problem with the segment with with Corbin destroying the trophy yet again. I don't know how many times we have to see this. Uh, I, I just wish they'd do something different with him. Um, I, I don't know if Madcap Boss is legitimately hurt if we're just taking him off tee and he's selling the the storyline or not. But I don't know. But I, I will say this: as you mentioned, uh, Gunther is all systems are go for this guy, right? Uh, he's just a star, and Gulak just uh, he, he's hey, if you're going to get squashed, get squashed by somebody that they really really like, and as long as he's going to be on TV in some form or fashion every Friday night, Drew Gulak. Um, I'm for it. We got, uh, looks like we're going to have some sort of interaction with Gunther and Ricochet, which I kind of yeah. like for both yeah. of them, Yeah, you know, um, Ricochet is someone who at least he's been getting involved. He's been doing baby face things. I actually said this the other day. I was like, where are the baby faces coming out and saving each other? <laughs> right. And, uh, and we got it here. So whether they want this to be something for the IC title and they put the belt on Gunther which I would have no problem with or they want to do something and make this a, a little bit of a feud or I, I don't know you know I'm sure they'll have some sort of tag team interaction probably with these two guys and the uh, and the other two but I, I don't I don't mind this at all and and I I'm kind of intrigued by what they're going to do here moving forward with the this combination of guys yeah first and foremost I, I would like to see a Ludwig Kaiser uh, get some matches here. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we saw him on NXT. He can go as uh, one half of the former tag team, uh, Imperium. Uh, yeah, look, uh, you said it. Uh, we need some faces uh, here to to get the hills over or vice versa. And and Ricochet has been the guy that we've been asking for a long time to, to hey, let, let's do something with. They give him the belt. And kind of simmers around a little bit up and down one week yes next week no this i this i have no problem with this and, and you can you can delay the gunther versus ricochet match for a while this is what i don't want to happen i don't want to see a championship contenders match with gunther and ricochet because gunther's going to destroy him anyway so i would think that that would be held off. I don't want to see this guy become the number one contender by beating the champion. Me neither. Don't I think, no, don't give me that. Um, we, uh, I, it was pretty funny when you were talking about the happy talk thing, <laughs> Corbin. I, I wanted just to mention this: his twelve thousand dollar hat and seventy thousand dollar watch. And McAfee goes, "This guy bought a goofy ass hat for twelve thousand dollars." Something <laughs> like it just made me laugh. He, said he spent twelve thousand dollars on a goofy ass hat, and it just. McAfee is just great, man. Yeah, he yeah. pop, he pops me. So backstage, it's Max Dupree, Dupree, <laughs> Dupree. So I, you and I have been big fans of LA Knight for a while, man. This dude, when he was coming through, uh, in the latter stages of NXT, just a few months, just a month, two months ago, he was over like crazy. And you just wonder sometimes it's like it's hard because for for WWE, I try not to react like a lot of people immediately react because I'm a sports fan and you are, too. And and we got to look at it like it's sort of a sport, but it's sort of like a movie or a TV show. You have roles written and you place the actors into those roles. But but then with sports, you're kind of like. You you build your team around the better players. 
You know, you 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 build things around them, and then even sometimes in movies and and TV shows and stuff, things are written for people and characters are created around them. So I, I always have a tough time with something like this, where a guy like L.A. Knight comes in, and will he do a good job with anything that he's given? I think he will. I think the guy's super talented. I think whatever role he'd be given to play, he will do what they want him to do. Is this going to be better than if the guy came in as L.A. Knight? Where he seemed like he really was sort of finding his footing there I don't know But I'm not I'm never just gonna write things off right away Even the Butch stuff We'll talk about in a minute Where like I don't like Butch Getting rolled up And losing in some of these gimmicky ways But He still is getting a lot of TV time He's You know what Compared to Pete Dunn, He's probably getting as much or more <laughs> Pete TV time Than Pete Dunn got in NXT That's what I was just about to say Yeah Yeah that's you know, a good and point. So like, let's talk a little bit about these two guys in particular. Max okay. Dupree with <laughs> uh, Maximum Male Models. These are guys that can headline Paris Fashion Week and WrestleMania. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's th- this is interesting here. So, um, number one, WWE has to have a plan in place. They're not one of these, uh, let's put this guy as this persona, as this character, and put him out there for a couple of weeks. And if it's good, we'll build more. There has to be something ready, you know, ready for this guy. So it is is he going to have a stable? Uh, is it going to be someone from NXT 2.0? Is it going to be someone from SmackDown that we haven't seen or heard from in a while? I'm going to give this guy a chance because we were quick to crap on the L.A. Knight name name change, Uh, you know, when he came to NXT and uh, it was Eli Drake, Eli Drake. You know, we we knew Eli uh, from Impact, the Indies, just just a, a, a total star. So he comes in and it takes us a while to get used to it. Then we do. And then once we get used to it, we go, okay, he's L.A. Knight. So this is going to take a little while to get used to, uh, number one, uh, because he's on Friday nights on Fox and SmackDown, national television or uh, cable network television now. Not that, it, you know, USA is no laughing matter, but um, heck, you know, back in the day, I didn't have very many channels. And, you know, I got a couple of channels and one of them was, you know, Fox where I watched The Simpsons and all that. Anyway, that's tangent. Um, I will. Another don't, though, I don't want this guy to be wasted by being just a mouthpiece and being outside of the ring for this to work for me to totally buy it. I need to see him in the ring. Absolutely agree. Wrestling because that will really damper him having a chance in WWE for, for this universe who does not watch NXT every week because we see the numbers. A majority of the WWE universe who watch SmackDown and who watch uh, Monday Night Raw don't watch the USA Network or Sci-Fi or the WWE Network or Peacock for NXT. For the pay-per-views, yes, like in the In Your House, we we watch that. But this guy, in order for him to win over th- this new audience, this new television audience, he has to be in the ring, Gino. And he, if and, and even if it takes. A little bit for sure. him to get it, but he's he's taking bumps and he's getting in feuds and he's still like on TV a lot because people forget, you know, like Dolph Ziggler came in with the Spirit Squad. Sure, 
Absolutely. You know, Batista uh-huh. came in. Wasn't he the deacon? Yeah, I believe for, he was. For yeah. for uh, for Devon. Good point. Like he was, you know. So people come in. It's not how people are are brought in initially. And and sometimes it is right. Sometimes you bring someone in, and the first thing they are brought in, and you remember it forever, and they're just dead on arrival. Remember but not everyone. Miz? Remember the Miz, the Diva, sir. Oh my goodness! And and so yeah. I think. Right. And so I think when you have a lot of talent, you can get there. And I, I still believe in this guy. This Me might too. be a little goofy and a little wonky, but let's let's re- you know we're gonna revisit it every week. We'll see where it is in a few weeks from now. And uh, as long as I can get the chance to say Max do. <laughs> you know, a few more times. I'm okay with it. I'm sure. okay with it. I'll, I'll tells, devil buy the stock in this, man. Yeah, he, de- he tells Pierce, so close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Raquel got a win over Shotzi, which, hey, you know what? At least Shotzi is on TV, which she hasn't been for a while. Even though she lost and it was a good win for Raquel to sort of look strong, Shotzi comes off like a nice presence. You know, she's fiery. She's someone that they could do more with. And 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 I wish you know. Hopefully, we'll see her on TV a little bit more. Yeah, you know, this is an interesting scenario here. Uh, here going forward with the SmackDown's women's roster, uh, now that we don't have Charlotte as the champion, uh, she's going to be away for a little while. Um, Ronda's the new champion. We saw her, her the previous week wrestle Raquel, which I, I, I I'm okay with. With that match, you know, I, I, after you and I had had talked it out, um, some people were saying, "Oh, she's already buried Raquel." This is just the beginning of Raquel's, you know, really the start of her WWE career here. And I, and I, and I'm not downplaying NXT 2.0 because if you you listen to our podcast every week this week in wrestling, you know that NXT 2.0 is is my favorite couple of hours per week. I think you're going to see a, a more focus on just Ronda or just a Charlotte and not have the title be there every week and have to have it there and see a lot more uh, of these women on this roster, like Aaliyah, let some, you know, we, I, I don't remember if, if Car- is Car- Carmella's on Raw, right? Yeah. Yep, yeah. I think she's on Raw. Well, cause it was tricky for them cause they were the women's tag champs for right. a while. So they would bounce back and forth, but yeah, no, they're on Raw. You're going to see some some women on this roster get a chance, but I, I do think it's interesting here that they're they're really strong behind Raquel here in the early on. She already got the match with with Ronda, and as we as we said, she looked really strong in that match and, and against Ronda. Ronda struggled with her, you know, a little bit. So uh, there is an interesting dynamic going on here on Friday nights with the women, with Charlotte out. Don't know when she's coming back. Maybe WWE doesn't like here over the next month or two the way things going, and she's brought back a little bit quicker. I don't know, but I do like when somebody's a strong persona such as Charlotte uh, drops the title and then kind of goes away for a little bit, you know. And it makes the return and it makes the division stronger and it gives other opportunities. Yep, it makes them a little bit fresher when they come back because we don't have off seasons for them like any other sport. And and they need a little bit of time off. We uh, yeah, Xavier got the win over Butch in uh, in the roll up there, the small package. But in all of these losses, he, it it's it's the goofy roll up, and he always looks pretty good and pretty tough throughout the matches. He just it's sort of silly the gimmick that he has. But like you said, they're doing the little rascals. They thing, are, you know, and they are. And he then he runs off and 
he slapped the shit out of Seamus in the face right before they came out, which it made it kind of popped me for a minute. I was like, oh. And now uh, next week, Xavier said that he's sick of all the uh, you know the beatdowns and the the numbers game. He said so. Biggie's not healthy yet, but they're gonna. But Kofi will be back, and he's gonna have. They're gonna have a third. So who do you think they're gonna have to be uh, to help them in the in a six man three on three tag match? Man, I don't know. I don't know. You can, there's so many directions you can go in. The first person I thought of, okay, you know, Titus O'Neil maybe wouldn't be a bad name to bring back, but he's just not really. He does a lot of the uh, the PR uh, good news ambassador role, uh, and he's been in that role for a while now. I, I, I really don't know. Uh, I think you're. I think we're all. I think anyone that is thinking about this too hard is overthinking it. I think it's just going to be Drew McIntyre. That's that was my that's my next thing. Yeah, because he just makes gonna have a, yeah. Since he's not going to have a program with Roman, that that's the next guy. Because I that, think they're trying to delay Drew's program with Roman until the show in the UK. Yes, right. That's point, probably where they point. want him to be the champ the in the in the title picture there. So I think for right now, they probably go get uh, Drew. They have a little goofy segment backstage with Drew where they're shaking their hips. You know. They're doing sure. like a, you know, you're an honorary member of the New Day type thing. Hey, hey look, man. Hey, there wasn't too long ago that Drew and Sheamus had a. And I think that's why, right? Because they'll they'll say we know we know someone who has a who has a bone to pick with Sheamus himself. <laughs> that's true. I think that's exactly what Xavier would do. Th- that would be like an old school babyface thing to do. You go get a guy who's got a previous problem with them and who can help you out. Drew's a big babyface. I think it'll just be Drew. Who comes out and helps them, and I and I like that. Like you said, it sort of gives them a little bit of a way to like kill some time for Drew between now and when they want him to go after Roman for the title. And I think it can man, main event SmackDown. I think that six man tag can main event SmackDown. Absolutely, that would be a blast Raw. next week. That'd be really a lot of fun because you can hold it sort of as like a surprise till the end to see who's going to come out. Sure. Sure. You know, and then we got the uh, the winner take all tag team championship unification match. Which, as you would expect with these two teams, was freaking awesome. And Roman gets involved. He grabs Jay's leg, right as it looked like Riddle was uh, was in control. And we got, was it earlier in SmackDown when Riddle kneed him in the face, Roman? Uh, yes, it was the yeah. opening segment. Opening had- segment. Yeah, yeah. And so that was what sort of really got Roman and, and sort of teased that we may be leading to a Riddle versus Roman match where I don't think anyone feels like Riddle should win, but you most people don't and shouldn't win their first time. It, you just sort of get them into a title match. You get them into those situations and you just sort of see how it goes. You see how it plays out. Are they ready to step up and have that kind of a big match? You know, Riddle for e- even when he was goofy for a while and you and I weren't liking the direction of his character, they they've always Treated him really good in the ring Yeah like they always give him 10-15 minutes a ton of time He's never in like joke Short little tiny small matches Where he has to lose in really Goofy ways he's always looked pretty Strong in the ring and you know he He's lost several Times too and it goes to show You if you lose in a Meaningful manner it doesn't hurt You at all it doesn't it Doesn't hurt you at all and you know, this guy has just been a rocket, too, once coming up. Um, and we haven't seen a lot of success. Let's be honest here, man. We have not seen a lot of success 
from young people, younger workers in WWE that come from the Performance Center, NXT, and straight up, regardless if they've had, you know, maybe they've had a big name when they come up so everybody knows them. But there's not been a, a, a high success rate for NXT debuters in WWE to take off like he did. And they hit a home run pairing him with Orton. And on the other side of it with Reigns, honestly, man, especially in the society that we're in now, we're constantly moving. We're wanting this. We're wanting that. We're wanting more. What other champion in another wrestling company could hold a title for this damn long in a major company and us not be tired of it and go, look, dude, Roman Reigns had this title as a face forever. And he kept winning, and we were just, we hated him, and that's why he turned. They turned him. I know you're right. What this, is it, guy, is it, what this guy has been able to do, and this bloodline storyline, and the Usos, and Paul Heyman, and here we are. What man? We're going on almost like two years with this guy with this title, and it's just phenomenal what they keep doing with him. And that's kudos to him. Just what kind of a person he is, and uh, I, I just think, man, look. Can you see Hangman Page having this title for two years? Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, Moxley in AEW. No, we're tired of it after a month. There's like, ah, oh, he's not using a champion right. This guy is don't lose. And, and we're loving every minute of it. This, this is uh this is this is really good. And, and I'm really glad that they held off on Drew McIntyre and uh and put somebody new. I'm hoping that's the direction they go, but man, oh man. I do like the little hints they're dropping with Riddle going after Reigns. Uh, you know, Riddle's not small. He can go. And this guy can fly around. He reminds me of a, you know, like a Kevin Von Erich with the no shoes on. And he could, you know, he's got a big upper body. It's going to be a really, really fun storyline. I, I hope these guys get to work several matches for us on TV and a pay per view. Damn, yeah. Roman freaking Reigns. He has yeah. just been dominant. And we transition on over to Monday Night Raw, and Riddle opened up. Riddle opened up the show. (laughs) Cut a nice little promo here. He talked about uh, Randy was gone, but he teamed up with the Street Profits, and they beat Sammy and the (laughs) Usos. Man, Sammy with these guys, like there was just in the Bloodline shirt. In the Bloodline shirt, there were some, there were some stuff on social media, and it was so good. I wasn't sure. If it was on really on TV or not And I kept like I, I kind of it all blurred Together for me I was like did this was this Really on raw people were posting stuff Of like of of childhood Pictures of Sammy like with The Usos you know they would <laughs> he, It was like a picture of Sammy as a kid like edited in to the Usos like family <laughs> Photos with Roman you know That's so it's true. Like it's like the three of them Sitting together when they're you know 15 and then Sammy You know somebody would like Photoshop it in and, and Sammy's just like Sitting in the back I was like oh my gosh This is great this is great They're like it's they're all brothers They're all the brother you know it's all family It's just the little things like that You know it's yeah. just, you don't know if they're gonna Click or not but Again you know you talk about Riddle being able to pull stuff off And Rain Sammy Zayn again we're, we're talking about him constantly every week And guess what he is nowhere Near any title picture at all And no. the dude's a star He's, This was just just so Freaking funny Oh my gosh match, hey, Look the match was great too They got 12-13 minutes to open Raw And you don't normally see that on Monday nights 
So we got Bobby Lashley coming out. And I got to say, this is one of the things that I think worries me about bad feuds or feuds. Bobby, this was not a good night for Bobby. Like his promo wasn't good. He didn't come off like the same guy that he came off like a couple months ago where he sort of felt like, oh, wow, Bobby's a big baby. You kind of got a good baby face energy right now. And he felt like a really big star when he was the champ. I don't know if it's that he needed MVP or just the mouthpiece or just the involvement with Omos has kind of brought him down a little bit. But I just didn't think this was very good for Bobby on Monday. Especially after last week with the cage match, right? Yeah. You know, so hot the way it ended. Um, and, and that was good. I like that. Yeah. And look, we're finally over with Omos. This is written off. Nope. Here we are again. And I just don't know if it's, it's I, if you don't have, you know, I, I'm 50 50 on things. If you don't have a program for somebody to work, but he's that good, you got to keep him in something to keep him around. But man, when you just, we, how many times are we going to see Lashley and Omos? We just saw him in a cage, right? So we're moving to the, what, Hell in a Cell with Lashley and Omos again. And now um, Lashley gets gets beat by MVP later on in the night, uh, which was just, that was just as bad, as bad as can be. We, we got a three-minute quote-unquote match between I Lashley and MVP. And now they get the, what? Or they get to pick the stipulation for the Hell in a Cell match. Is that correct? Yeah, it's it's not good for yeah. anybody. That's a bad it, night. Bad it's night just not. Night. Yeah, it's not doing great for uh, for any of them. We then go to a couple different things here. So first, we got the Judgment Day coming out. Then they mentioned that Crown Jewel, Saudi Arabia, November the fifth. So that'll be a show that'll uh, sort of pop up um, before Survivor Series. Then. It's kind of a weird little, like, Dana Brooke bumped into Becky Lynch. Yeah. I think stuff like that is weird, because it's like, are you going to go somewhere with this? Or yeah. yeah, and she says what, she wants to be taken now seriously, and she wants a title, or she wants to be in the, the Raw Women's Championship title picture. Um, the problem I have with it is she's been in this just crazy, funny, gimmicky, bad storyline with the 24-7 title forever and look if you want to be taken seriously get rid of the 24-7 title and just say hey look I'm graduated for this I want to be taken seriously it was just it was very odd because it didn't have anything to do with the main event right so if you're going to go Becky Dana uh I just uh, yeah it was just really really odd for us to try to take Dana Brooks seriously at this moment when in fact she's just been in this just this goofy storyline for for almost a year now with the wedding and all kind of crap I don't know very interesting year segment we'll see what they let's see if they build back on it next Monday night with it yeah I just sort of random then we so Adam Pierce tells Becky that if she wins the tonight she'll be added to the title match at Hell in a Cell with uh, with Oscar and with Bianca Belair. Okay. Before, uh, go ahead. Go I ahead. have no problem. I have no problem, Gino. I have no problem with Becky being putting this match. The problem I have is you had something last Monday night, Oscar beating Becky, right, to go into the match with Bianca, um, and, and now we're right back to well, let's put. I, I just don't. Let, let me 
I'll, as I have the notes, I always little tidbits and words that your catchphrases or some things you always say. I don't like the way we got here. No. I have no problem with her being in that triple threat match. It's a good point. It's a great point. I don't like how we got here. Last and then it's like last week and this week we're the same sort of thing, right? You do the same sort of ending in these matches where Bianca has to get sort of in the mix and you have it inadvertently, it's you know, and the last and so, time I had a look, triple threat was in a big, big match was what Becky, Charlotte, and Rhonda, right? At WrestleMania a couple years ago. And it wasn't very good. No. It, this will I, look. Ronda's not in the mix here. I'm not saying that. Oh, you can't compare Oscar and Bianca to to Ronda. I, I, I know that, but sometimes chemistry is a little weird when you get an odd number of people in the ring. I, I again don't have the problem with the match. I just don't like how we we've gotten to this point here. I think it kind of craps on Oscar a lot more. I, I just think Becky's okay being the hill and losing and not having the title here, and then poor Bianca. It's just being overshadowed by two people with not with the title, right? I don't know. It's, it's really, really odd here. The Judgment Day cuts their promo. So I have mixed feelings on this. Okay. I thought the stuff was long and rambly. Okay. I, don't, I, don't, I don't really love it. It's sort of like the same type of thing that everybody says. But it does at least serve a purpose. And it does seem like I think it's good for Rhea. And they're teasing adding someone else to this. Is this what I would have chosen for all of them? No, but I can understand. At least it's moving forward. At least they feel like they're adding to it. I think they kind of te- they're teasing sort of Finn Balor. Who else did they mention? Uh, Champa. Could it be Corey Graves, Alexa Bliss, Drew McIntyre, Liv Morgan, Finn Balor, AJ Styles? And he said AJ should be tired of getting beat up. Um, then we ended up getting the uh, the tag match AJ and Liv versus D- uh, Priest and Rhea. Then uh, Priest and Rhea end up winning there. So what do you think about all of this um, and uh, and where we're going here? Um, I'm I'm with you uh, somewhat. Um, it was a little long and it got a little wordy, but I like the. It, it, I, I'm buying more into Judgment Day, which. Wasn't that a WWE pay-per-view several years ago? I can't remember if it was or not. It could have been a WWE. Yeah, it was like under the Undertaker was on the okay. poster, I, I think, the, right? I, yeah. I, I thought so. Um, I, I've, I've bought, I, I, after after the promo, I, I'm buying more into it. Rhea definitely brings uh, uh, this up a notch. Um, boy, we got to Rhea. We got to a mixed tag pretty early in this. Um, I guess you can't have Rhea and Liv just just beat each other up every week. We've already seen AJ and Damian Priest how many times we've seen AJ and Edge. I thought they would hold off on a mixed tag. Maybe we get the the the, the trip, the six man, the six, you know, the six person at sure. um uh, at hell. Because I because I I like that. I like I don't that know this what is that six man is going to do with Edge and Finn in it. And it, I think if they do it, do if they wrong. do it in the cell, which it's already next week, so that's kind of crazy if they don't announce that. Sure. I, I would love if they would do it in the cell because then somebody could turn, right? Yeah, I, I could, love that. I love that. And, okay, let me ask you this, Gino: If someone's going to turn, does it help Finn turning, AJ turning, or Liv Morgan turning? I think it would be Finn. Or or live. I don't think AJ, I think AJ is fine where he is. You just had AJ be in the heel kind of thing with Omos. Yeah, and I don't. I, it, it, in that, it, is he the star of that group? I, I don't. You know, 
look, I'm not saying AJ is better than Edge or Edge is better than AJ. I'm not getting that discussion. If Edge or AJ joins Judgment Day, he's really not the top guy Edge is. And I don't see AJ playing second or third fiddle in a group or fourth fiddle in a group. I, I'm leaning here that Finn or, or Liv, I'm with you. Me too. I, I, I would like Liv, Liv maybe to turn. She goes dark. Then you've got two and two, and then they can go after the tag women's tag team titles. Maybe they need that. But Finn would be pretty good too. That'd be pretty cool too. Yeah, Finn would be cool. I like I like that we're getting Liv still on TV, and and it, it's cool. Like I just knowing that Liv is someone who's really excited and has worked hard, has really improved. Seeing her coming out with AJ. And smiling and like doing the too sweet and like doing AJ's poses and stuff with him. That's cool. That's just cool. I mean, that makes me that would how cool would that be if that was you and you're getting to come out with someone like AJ, you know, and like next to them and in a in a mixed tag on Raw with them against Rhea. Like that I think she's in a good spot for someone who she's probably not gonna be getting on the top of, of you know of Rhea in this feud or she's not winning the women's title anytime soon. But it's nice that she's still on TV right now and she hasn't been completely forgotten about. Yeah, because look, Carmella, uh, Queen Zelina, who won a tournament. Um, uh, I, 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 her, her and Rhea had such good chemistry as a tag team. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm looking too much into this. I just, something tells me Liv turns dark, but man, she's such a good baby face. And such, has such a good, hardworking story. I know. You can get behind her. So I, I would be, I would probably be more disappointed if she turned, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, then you could have two and two. Uh, if you look at it this way, does somebody turn? Are we? Because they didn't even turn? mention Finn. No, no. And he wasn't there at all. He doesn't all. come out after for the beatdown or anything. Which, which was weird. By I the know. Way. Right, I know. In the previous week, <laughs> so it's like, where's Finn? They got to ask him next week. You know, AJ's got to be like, dude, where were you last week? Yeah, yeah. He'll be like, oh, dude, this or that, and then, you know, we find out whatever it was. Oh man, they had me. They beat me up or something. And then we, we, it sounds like Finn's lying, but then we find out they really did beat him up. You know, whatever it is, right? Yeah, There's got to be like a twist to it. Out the woods with Braun Breaker, and, exactly, yeah. and the Wyatt family. You know, <laughs> um, so. I thought this wasn't a very good night either for for Veer, um, because they kind of have like Lawler out there, sort of like cracking jokes at him, and and kind of getting like the better of him a little bit, you know, doing. And so this was, I like having Veer do something, the Mysterio, you know. So I, I like that this is more than just having him do the squashes, but I don't. He says, I'm not here to joke around. Ray is a legend, but he's busy worrying about Dominic. He says that makes Ray weak. So I took both of them out. He's, you know, he knocks the mic out of Lawler's hand. So I, I don't I know. Weird. I look, I'm a big Jerry Lawler fan. Me too. You know, I just, I, I don't know. Again, I just thought it was weird. He was like trying to stir trouble up by saying, Hey, this so-and-so said this about you. And then Ray said this about what you, and it's like, wait, why are you antagonizing the dude? The dude's going to crush you. Yeah, I, I, I don't know here. I, and last week, we were the opposite. We, were, we, we really enjoyed what Veer has become after a year and a half of jokes that he was coming to Raw. Uh, but he's in a segment. You know, here we are. 
Uh, we really don't know how good he really is because he's just been burying jobbers. And the Mysterios are, you know, Ray is tiny. So uh, Ray versus Veer, I don't know what that does. Uh, and poor Dominic hasn't won a match in, in I don't know how long. Um, so, yeah, it, it, again, another weird segment. I'm, I'm okay with Veer being on TV, but having Jerry Lawler here, uh, just King's Court, whatever they call it, didn't make a lot of sense to me. Hopefully uh, we, can, we can tweak Veer a little bit. So Alexa cuts this like weird promo backstage. Yeah. It was, she was, there was like no character. She was just like talking like in, yeah. in such a normal, hey, yeah, you know, this is, uh, I'm Alexa and <laughs> let me, let's talk about what happened. So, you know, I got a crazy doll here and uh, Nikki was my best friend, but now she's a superhero, I think. Yeah. It was like, she was, she was like recapping what's gone on the last two years. And it's just like, I. Uh, yeah, I guess it sounds pretty weird when you read it out loud. Like, I don't know, I don't know where the hell they're going with this or what they're doing. But I mean, I guess at least she's not doing the weird magic stuff. This was, this was bizarre. It was, and then uh, she beats Nikki. What? And it, it wasn't a very long match. I, I, I don't know. I just don't get the Dewdrop Nikki thing here at all anymore. I thought Dewdrop was turning on her. I, I, I don't. I'm off again. We sound like a broken record. I'm all for people being on television every week. But when you start, you know, putting them in, in silly stuff, it's like Riddle. He, he Look, he's lost a lot, but he's been in a lot of meaningful stuff. When you start getting in these goofy matches here, and I'm not talking about Alexa because she's been gone. I'm talking about Nikki and Dewdrop. I, I, I just, this really didn't do much for me. I understand you got to get Alexa back. Um, you know, it doesn't do a lot for me. It, it does say that, look, the 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 WWE Raw women's roster is solid. We had, what, several, several women's matches. Uh, the main event was a women's match, and we talked about Rhea already. Um, it just really, I, I don't know. I, I do want to see good things with Alexa, because I'm a big fan of hers. But it was odd her just reading, like, <laughs> like a table read for Saturday. It was. Night. No, you're right, it was. There wasn't hosting very much. Night, right? They're hosting this Saturday. It's your first yeah. read. <laughs> it was. It was pretty funny, honestly. I, uh, yeah, it was. It I, was. I like la- I really laughed at it. Uh, we got Miz versus Cody, and this was fun. It was starting to build, and then you knew that Rollins was going to come out uh, and and interrupt. So Seth comes out. That's probably why they put this in the middle of the show and not the end. At least the ending had a little bit more of a decisive ending, even though it was still kind of cheap. But Cody wins via DQ. And then after the match, he uh, Seth gets the weight belt, and he you know smacks Cody around a bunch. And then after you know Cody cuts a, a little bit of a, a promo afterwards, and he he tells him you know uh, you know you're you're you know you're gonna go zero for three against me, and so he's fired up a little bit. So he it's going to be tough for Seth to, you know, I, I think Seth is going to be like we said with riddle, he's going to be okay losing in the long run. But right after this, you got to build Seth up back a little bit because he's going to, you know, he's probably going to lose this third in a row and there will be three pretty decisive victories from Cody, but I didn't have a problem with this. And I'm glad they sort of put it in the middle instead of at the end, because they've had a couple of these matches with Cody where, they had him go for 15 or 20 minutes and then they didn't have a, a good ending. And, and you don't want to keep doing that to Cody and setting him up to be someone that 
the crowd's kind of going, oh no, again, you know, that, don't don't put him like that when you're doing him as a baby face. Yeah, pretty good match here. No problems with it. Uh, a lot of go home heat for Seth, and that you know, didn't he just whip the crap out of him with that belt? You know, Cody Cody took a, a nasty bump again uh, with, with the steps, um, and then Rollins just just beat the brakes off of him uh, with that belt. Um, yeah, you know, interesting dynamic here. Um, you know, we talk about it with MJF. You know, how many losses is this guy, you know, going to take? And we'll talk about him momentarily. And the same with Seth. We, we brought it up last week. You know, how many is too many? Um, we definitely have to get away from the storyline after Hell in a Cell pretty quick for both guys. But, you know, here again, without Roman Reigns being on Monday Night Raw as your unified champion, um, these two have been pretty good as the main event or main storyline for Monday night. And uh, I, I think it was okay. No problem with the match. I, I, I like to go home heat there with Seth, but after hell in a cell, um, I don't think we see Cody Rhodes winning the briefcase money in the bank. He doesn't need that. No, Maybe Seth Rollins becomes that guy that, you know, uh, that, that you're right. That would actually kind of be interesting. Gosh, could, I would, I, I, I miss the old, I I loved the year when they did the two matches where the they had the one for all guys that had been a world champ before. Oh yeah, and then yeah. and then the other one for people who didn't. Sure. Because then it was cool because it's like oh, okay, nice. At least all the guys who you don't feel like they need it, you can just kind of waste them in one match. It's sort of like the Rumble, right? Sure. It's like someone like Seth doesn't really need it, but it could rehab him, and it would, and that's sort of what they do. They have people lose a few times and then win that thing. Because then it sets up your feuds when you're the champ again, and that that could be fun. Like I would love someone. I know they won't do it because it's just too. But someone like Gable, with oh, that briefcase, yeah. Yeah. and how entertaining he is, like walking around with that thing, and then talking about how he's the smartest guy in the world, so he's gonna know the exact right moment when to cash it in, and more than anyone, like he's done that. He's doing the you know the simulations over and over to find <laughs> out oh, when. The, if yeah. his partner Otis can win the damn thing, right? right? And, and, <laughs> Who says Gable can't? Shoosh, 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 shoosh. <laughs> he I can love put that on the briefcase. Shoosh. <laughs> so he um, he faced Ezekiel, and uh, Zeke gets the win here. And Kevin Owens challenges Zeke to a match at Hell in a Cell. So we're gonna get Kevin Owens versus Ezekiel here. And you know what? This keeps going, and I'll. I'll mention when I feel like it's sort of jumped the shark and it's annoying me, but I'm still pretty. F- I like all of these people individually and they're doing good work with it. When like anytime Gable and Owens and Ezekiel are out there, I'm kind of smiling and laughing and enjoying a lot of it. And they're all pretty good in the ring too. I have no problem. I think it's been very entertaining. You're, you're getting some good matches here and we're going to see a really good match. Cause a lot of people who know, Elias is from just his pre-match guitar gimmick stuff. Um, the dude can go. I- I've seen several house shows when he and Seth Rollins uh, ha- had a nice little run in, se- in, a, in a house show circuit several years ago. I saw that match multiple times, and it was really, really good. So he can he can work. D- do they jump the shark if WWE tries to go with some kind of way with a hologram or some kind of Taped thing 
with Elias, with Ezekiel, does that when you just tap out or? Oh no, I'm I'm waiting for that. I'm lo- I'm it's hoping. It's gotta be right. It's gotta I'm be a- hoping for it. They've got to have that in the. The only thing that somebody said, and I agree, they said, "Do you think WWE is that patient? If they had something that they would be able to wait this long before, because they feel like they usually go right for it. But if they do, and if they if they didn't, I'll be a little disappointed that they didn't record anything like that. And if they do, it's it's gonna be perfect. We are gonna we're gonna get it, and, and like we were hoping. We got to get Elias and Ezekiel together. We need to see this. We need to see like a night where all three of them were together before. And they're like, look, Kevin, you actually saw, you were there with both of us. What, you, you were there. And he, what are you talking about? I wasn't there. I would, I, I want to see this. Um, let's, uh, yeah, we finished up raw. We talked about the, uh, the women's triple threat or the women's, Match Becky beat Oscar and now she's in, so it's going to be a triple threat match at Hell in a Cell with Bianca with uh, with those three. So let's uh, shift on over, talk a little NXT. We had Channing Lorenzo and Troy Donovan beat Blade <laughs> and uh, Inofe. Uh, we had uh, Sanga beat Wesley, Alba Fire defeated Electra Lopez, Roxanne Perez. Beat Lash Legend, Mandy Rose beat Indy Hartwell, Tiffany Stratton beat Fallon Henley, and we know that uh, our girl Nikita is out. She got an injury. She's out of the tournament. Von Wagner beat Ikeman Hero, and then Hudson won in a match via DQ against Braun Breaker. But we can sort of start there because okay. with the with the Braun Breaker stuff, you remember. This is what they used to do with Kane all the time. This like exact gimmick. And then Bray Wyatt did it exactly with John Cena where they're trying to like make him embrace the hate and make him look inside and see his own demons. And he was showing clips of a a football game that Braun's dad didn't show up at to try to (laughs) mess with his head. And so this is, this is like an exact same story that we've had them go to. And I actually, I thought Braun was a little bit better this week. Braun himself came off just a little bit less goofy. He was he was a little bit better, but I just don't like this really at all. And it's gone on too long. This was something that could have been an okay TV feud for a little bit here, but I don't want this to keep going. And we're it's going to end up being like a couple months of this thing. Yeah, we're getting another match, aren't we? In your house. Yeah. Uh, which is, I'll say this, there's no more takeovers, but this is a standalone. Next weekend, is that right? On the Peacock app, uh, Saturday, June 4th is the 30th in your house. Um, so this is a standalone. So uh, I, I'm expecting. Yeah, I think it's it, day before Hell in a Cell, right? Okay, yeah. So Saturday yep. night, it will be from the Performance Center or, you know, their little NXT 2.0 arena. But it is going to be a standalone event on Saturday night. And, of course, they may head, you know, their last time we saw this was uh, Mania weekend or Mania morning on Saturday. Didn't you sneak into the American Airlines? Didn't you sneak into that event or no? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you're we were, the one uh, snuck in there, and uh, there were plenty of spots to sneak in. <laughs> Trust you, me. Uh, did, so you were the one that went on the uh, up in the Raptors like Sting, and you poked a hole in the AAC. That was, That's why they had to delay game what four the other that night. That was me. That was that me. Was the drip. The, I was the one that that created the leak there. <laughs> that, Dude, that yeah, was- and I was the one that was the reason for the bats in San Antonio too. All the weird stuff that happens in Dallas. You can just my fault. <laughs> uh, for for as good as these 
paper the NXT pay-per-views are. Uh, I'm not looking forward to Breaker and Gacy yet again. Um, and aren't we going to get a stipulation from Gacy, or am I kind of like combining things? No, no, I think we are, and this is yeah, just start to. It's just no. It, I, I'm with you, Breaker. It was he was better, but I don't know how much better you can get when Gacy is your guy because it's just unbelievable that Gacy is going over in this situation. And uh, Braun doesn't have a lot to work with here. I'm okay with the main event with Duke Hudson. Um, Again, thought it was odd that Duke is the guy that's going, but uh, he was involved in a storyline that half the storyline is now, you know, doing other taking indie bookings and stuff like that. It's just weird. I, it's just it's hard to get into. They're not. It'd be different if Breaker and Gacy had a couple of matches that were really really solid, but they haven't been. So I, it, it's again, it's probably going to be the main event, right, uh, of this in your house, and it's. You know, unless they put the the strap on Gacy and they have other plans for Breaker, I, I just don't see anything good coming from this yet again. No, no, just not not a big fan of uh of of that. And uh, we'll we'll uh we'll kind of hit NXT a little quicker. What give give okay. me one or two things this week that you know other things that I, maybe I didn't mention from NXT that stood out before we jump into AEW and uh, and preview their big show. Anything else that you liked that you didn't like throughout the show that that I may not have uh. Hit on. What about the stuff Tony D with the families? What do we I like it? I like it. You know, me I too. This, you know, we, we were down a little bit on NXT last week. I think this week was a little better. We got. I agree. Uh, there was a little bit more. Sucks that Nikita. I thought it was a work uh, that we were getting worked here, but evidently she has a, a a tear in her MCL and she was emotional in her Instagram post. Uh, I, I'm sticking with Roxanne Perez winning this tournament. Uh, I will say this. Uh, we laughed at her in the beginning and we thought it was a joke and she was sloppy. I think each and every week, Tiffany Stratton has improved and she's gotten much better. And I think her and Roxanne Perez, I'm definitely picking Roxanne Perez with the win, but I think Tiffany Stratton has gotten much better here. Uh, Next week looks pretty solid here. You have Cora Jade back in action. Cameron Grimes, Nathan Brazier will be good next week. I like the barbershop. And then Grimes goes in there too. Those barbershop segments are fun. I, I like it. So there's a lot of things a lot. This was much better this past Tuesday than the previous week. So I'm expecting something really solid next Tuesday as you go home, Joe, uh, for your, in your house. Yeah, next week we'll uh, spend a little more time with NXT because they'll be coming uh, on to preview their big show. So we'll talk about the card that's uh, that's set up. And uh, we'll transition on over and talk a little bit about AEW because they have their big show, Double or Nothing, coming up this weekend. It's going to be on what Sunday, right? Uh, AEW Double or Nothing, and it's on yeah, May the 29th this weekend from Nevada. They've kind of got an all week thing from Vegas. So let's roll through the card we've got on the pre show Hook Housen, Hook and Dan Housen versus Tony Nice and Smart Mark Sterling. I don't mind the funny, goofy combinations of stuff. I have no problem with comedy in, in wrestling. The only thing I have. An issue is, is I mentioned this a couple times I don't know if Hook is quite established Enough to be this guy I think somebody with Dan Housen that's, that's a little more serious Is a good pairing But I wish it was someone that was like It kind of reminds me of like Steve Blackman And Al Snow 
you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> like he- head cheese, you know, wow. or whatever, whatever, you know, like, or just things, something like that, where it's like you put a sort of goofy gimmick with like a straight, a straight person. And it's, it's kind of funny, but it doesn't feel like it's hurting Hook. But I don't know. I, a couple months ago, Hook felt like, damn, you could put Hook on any spot in the card and it may not really feel like this dude is over. You could put him towards the top. He, he doesn't feel like they're someone that they're quite ready to go on a run yet with it seems like they just sort of want to want to keep him on tv and i think that's sort of what we're seeing with him is kind of one of the problems with we have um with AEW overall is that the roster is so big right now there are 11 matches on this card and this thing is going to be a long long <laughs> show like, um look kudos for putting together a really solid roster. I mean, you, you can compare this to the early WCW days when a lot of the WWE guys, F guys, you know, uh, went over, uh, including NWO and the Wolfpack and, and Sting, and you, you've got you've got all this talent. But uh, when, when you only have a, a one live show a week, um, it's really really tough, and eleven matches is really going to hurt. Um, because a lot of these matches won't get the due time. And I know this is a, what they're buying match, which is a pre-show, but I'm with you. You know, I, I thought hook had a lot of, had a lot of, uh, you know, some excitement behind him. He was buzzing. I think you also said at one time he was number one in t-shirt sh- sales for AEW. Um, he not, now, he was the first person like after CM Punk returned, Punk right? was, Punk was number one for, like two months for whatever it was, whatever period of time it was, the the first person whose shirt knocked Punk off was Hook. Wow. Um, okay. So and so he was really over at that point, and he sort of got an intangible it. But now, can he take the next step? Is he a guy who can do more than quick matches? Can he go in the ring, long matches, TV matches? Can he sell a little bit if he has to? What kind of character do they really want him to run with? Because we really don't know who Hook is. At all, no, like that's nothing. Very like no, nothing about him. So that's on the pre-show. Jade Cargill versus Anna J with uh, Kira and Raid uh, with uh, Kira Hogan and Red Velvet. I just I don't feel like this is the, uh, someone who's who's like a legit threat to uh, to Jade. No. Um. And what's interesting is after Wednesday night, seeing a train wreck of what Britt Baker and Tony Storm was, I I, I don't know. What is going on here in this women's division here? We had a Thunder Rosa promo, right, that was cut off in the middle. It felt like she was doing an acceptance speech at the at the Oscars. When it was funny is because the promo was, was this was like the most they've given her in a while. And it was like, oh, okay, cool. Like she's actually getting to talk a little bit and getting like to – and then they cut her right off and she's sort of trying to talk over it. Yeah. And now – and then it makes me, and you're someone who's done a lot of production stuff and TV stuff, I mean, just different. I, I, I can't help I'm wondering, I'm like, did she go long? Did they cut her short? Why did that happen? Like you said, it felt like the Academy Awards, they're playing her off, like get off the stage, you know? And the reason why I brought her up and I brought Britt and Tony up is too, is it just, man, I, it, it just feels like Jade is the bigger star, even though she's not the better worker. And, and it just... It's we Tony had all this momentum coming over. She quit the WWE because she didn't like the way she was getting 
pies thrown in her face, even though she was working a program with Charlotte Flair. And then she comes over here and she loses in a couple of minutes to Brit, who, look, you and I are the two biggest Brit fans. Uh, we've been singing her praises for a while. It looked like Brit was just bored during the I know. Like She's just so motion. going through the motions right yes. now. I don't know what... <laughs> It feels like her in wing, uh, her in ring work has regressed a little bit. Like she's not being challenged, and this is another thing where people laugh and complain, and they don't want to travel and do all the road stuff. And WWE has shows here and all the uh, the house shows and stuff. But you know what ends up happening is they're wrestling a couple times a week, and they're staying in really good form. You know, they're doing 15, 20 minute, twenty minute shows at house shows. When they're traveling around for people And so you just There there were times where we were looking We're like how long has it been since Brin's, Since Britt's been in a match Yeah. And when since Britt's been in like a match For 15 or 20 minutes she had the one or two With Thunder Rosa but it wasn't There haven't been many yeah. I didn't think this was good for Britt beating Tony oh. It's not good for Tony Britt could have could afforded a loss And now what you're doing is I think they're trying so hard To make to have there be more women stuff on the show that all of it isn't coming off good as good as even just the Brit stuff used to. You have three things of the women on this show for double or nothing, and I'm not really excited about any of them. Yeah, while we're on Brit, she's in the finals and she's going to work either Ruby Soho or Chris Statlander. It cannot be Statlander, right? There's no way. I feel like it's the other way. I feel like it's going to be Statlander. Why are we? Here, here's my thing. If you're going back to Ruby, okay, again, we've seen this. Britt beat her in no time. I feel like, I, I feel like okay, the problem, the problem here, man, I'm so torn on this stuff because Britt has been there from day one or, or from the early stages of AEW. She's been around. And she was your world champion. And now she's in the finals of this cup. You bring Ruby in, who was the big hot name from WWE. You immediately put her in a match with Britt. She loses. She taps out. So if we revisit Ruby and Britt again, what good does it do Britt going over on her? But why would they put Ruby over her? Since this is why I think they're in total. They put themselves in a horrible spot. That's why this should have been for Tony Storm to win. Me, me too. That's why I think... It's got to be Statlander. If if you got to go with someone else, someone different, but this this is a real mess that you're in because look, I'm just being honest here, and I said it. You and I are both big Dr. Britt Baker DMD fans. She has not had a good run lately, and she was very lazy on Wednesday night. I I just don't know how this is going to help her in any shape, size, or form if she goes over Saturday night or Sunday night. To win the Owen Hart Cup finale, I, I, I just don't, man, this is yeah, weird. I, this is interesting here, man. And not if they're gonna do the the Brit and Cole both winning thing, I can maybe oh see sure, what, sure. what they're going for. Or maybe they're gonna say, okay, Brit, you're not the champ right now, but we'll let you have this and run with it. The only thing that really like makes sense for me is if in their head they're trying to tell the story that Ruby gets this back and that Tony ends up helping Ruby. Because they've sort of been friends and maybe Tony yeah, I, I, and I can see that. And and I, and I don't but again, I don't like that. I don't think it, it's the best way of doing it because now you sort of hurt Tony along the way, and now you gotta try to rehab Ruby 
who we've said for a long time, Ruby didn't come in and Ruby came in and they were giving her incredible responses. They were treating her like a huge star and then they had her lose. But to be honest, a lot of the in-ring work that she was doing wasn't that great. Like there was, we weren't really all that impressed with it either. And so this is a situation where now, now you're going to do the same thing to Tony and so you've got Jade and a J, who I don't think anybody thinks Jade's going to win. You've hey, look, got Tony's not even on this pay per view. No, Tony's not on the show. Not on. It. You're going to have Britt versus either Ruby or Statlander. If it's Statlander, I mean she's ice cold. There's not even that, that, like that Statlander's true. never around. But if, like you said, if it's Ruby, we've already seen this Britt beat Ruby, and you're going to, I guess you're going to have Ruby go over it or. I don't. I just don't. Doesn't make sense to me the booking well, you know, of this. Go, go to the men's final. Samoa Joe, Adam Cole. Right. Cole has just lost uh, to Hangman Page, and so now, and then you have Samoa Joe who main evented against Kyle O'Reilly, who I completely got this wrong. I thought it would be O'Reilly Cole. So did I. That made that made sense as like former partners. They had all the NXT I, stuff. I, you know, I don't you could get the ROH title stuff right now because this is not a real promotion. There's no TV on it. They're not running programs. They're not running, you know, uh, storylines. I don't get this ROH stuff. So if Cole goes over Samoa Joe, I, you know, this will be a good. It'll be a good match. I, I just think don't. It's going to be a solid match, and I think it'll help Cole being in this match because him and Hangman didn't didn't leave me desiring anything. Or I think Cole needs this. Okay. I okay. think Cole needs this more than Joe needs this because, like well, you were Joe's saying, got a title, so I don't think he needs to win anything. That's no. why I thought it was weird and him going over O'Reilly as a heel. He can Cole can use this thing to sort of run with and try to. You know, try to get himself like maybe Cole could get a title shot against Punk. Well, look you how know. many minutes there are. I don't want to see Samoa and Cole go five or six minutes. I know that's the only problem. These guys got to be fifteen, but how are they? When you know we talked about the other two women's matches, Jade and a J. I, I mean, that won't go that long. But Britt versus whomever in okay, the final. What about, what about the other big world title match? Since we're talking about women, Thunder Rosa, Serena Deeb. Rosa. Serena Deeb are you two probably your better overall wrestlers in that locker room workers you know and, it's like how but, long is this getting and this doesn't feel like at all this it's feud horrible. no I mean this just doesn't feel like it's that, that's what I mean I think all of these women are are talented that are on the show or that, that they they could possibly have on the show but none of these feuds feel like they're all that that hot or they're built up or they're all that intriguing. We've got the House of Black versus Death Triangle. This feels like this has been going on forever. Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, and Brody King versus yeah. Pac, Penta, and Phoenix. Again, almost all these matches that we're talking about, when the bell rings, this will be good. This will be very good. It'll be, but we're saying how all of these things can't get 15 minutes, right? No. <laughs> no. We, we haven't even got what? We're a fourth of the way in. <laughs> yeah, to the pay per view. Uh, no, and these matches, these are the ones that probably should. That's why I thought, you know, if you do this thing, eight matches, you know, and let these guys go, this this is what you want to see. I, I just don't know what good eleven matches does, just because you need to satisfy everyone on your roster. Uh, and if, again, you have eleven matches, and a lot of these are tags. A lot of them are 
have six, eight, eight people involved in each match to get them in, and you still don't have all your roster on this. The Hardys versus the Young Bucks in a tag team match. This is one where I'm sure they want to go 20 minutes. Sure. Right? And and have a banger. And people will be hot for this match. They've had some fun history on the indies and in Ring of Honor. The Hardys cut this promo where they said, you know, you're the cosplay versions of us. We 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 were brought up the same way. I, I, he said we didn't cuss and we didn't do drugs. But then he said, then we had to go to the, you know, we came in wrestling in the 90s when things were different and things were tough. <laughs> and we really had to make it and you wouldn't have been able to make it. It was sort of funny. I actually, I, I, I didn't mind it. I, and then Jeff said something weird uh, like he usually does. But I thought Matt cut a pretty, pretty solid promo. We're going to get the Hardys versus the Young Bucks. Another problem I have with this even though they've only been really building this for just a few weeks, this feels like a bigger deal than the tag team titles with these teams. <laughs> it does because we, we haven't seen the tag team champions in forever. We've seen FTR and more events who are the ring of honor tag team champions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and they're not on the show. They're not on the show, but Hey, they were on Wednesday night they and they've been getting a ton of TV time and been one of the most over acts over the last couple months. How are they not on this show? <laughs> I, again, I, I don't, uh, I, I don't know. This is, this is the problem that you have when you have two live hours and you get that third hour that, that doesn't really, hasn't really helped them much at all, which we thought it would, but it hasn't. And it just shows you, honestly, that nobody really digs the Monday and Tuesday night dark, dark elevation stuff. But it does feel bigger. Anytime the Young Bucks are involved in anything, it's going to feel bigger than your tag team champions. Plus, uh, when you haven't seen your tag team champions on TV a lot, and when you think about them, you think about Christian. And when you have seen Jungle Boy, he's been losing. So it, it, it hasn't been a lot to work with here. Where are we uh, where are we going? Let's go to the Jericho uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society, the worldwide leader in sports and entertainment for the last twelve weeks. So uh, we're gonna get sports entertainment versus pro wrestling. It's called Anarchy in the Arena. These guys will go all over the place. I don't think we're gonna see Urban Meyer though this time, Coop. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, the other head coach was like, oh boy. Um, we, no okay. herb. No herb this time. Um, I, just, I don't know. I, it, it, look, the crowd will be hot for it. Um, the just, problem with this is just on paper, these teams are just not even close to being evenly matched. Like, no, you've not. just got the, the fact that you've got Brian Danielson and Moxley, Moxley on the, on the one side, that's just. <laughs> Come on, right there. And then you put Kingston there, and Santana and Ortiz would be like number two and three, probably on the other side, like maybe behind Jericho or Jericho and Hager. And so, this is definitely a one seed versus a what seed in the NCAA tournament. I was gonna say, like, a, I was gonna say, we made, this was like an 11 that got through a couple, and it's like, uh oh, they're, they're here. This team got a really good matchup in that first round, and they played yeah. a team that had a one of their key players hurt, you know, yeah. and they got through. <laughs> yeah, they beat Oklahoma like a six seed. Like, exactly. Oklahoma who didn't have Buddy Held this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. So, um, I mean, it'll be fun. There'll be some crazy stuff. But, again, timing-wise, like a match like this has to go 15 or 20 minutes. With all these guys, they're going to have a bunch of goofy spots. Yeah. So, then the next thing. 
MJF Wardlow, which has basically been built like the main event of the show. Absolutely. And and this is one of the things I'm the most intrigued on this show. And it's been they've done a fantastic job with this. They did a great job with Wardlow. MJF in the Burberry ref stuff with the short shorts, looking like Shawn Michaels from 1997 SummerSlam when he was refereeing with uh, Bret Hart versus The Undertaker. Oh, yeah. yeah. He had those, those <laughs> short referee shorts on, you know, and he was dancing and like bending over in people's was, faces and stuff. And so it's. Boxing out there in the eighties, so exactly not huggers. Yep, <laughs> you bend over and you see the you see the Frank and the Beans. You know, right when you bend, <laughs> that was that was what MJF was rocking. This was pretty funny, and I thought Spears looked good. Spears does a good job too. You know what? Like he. Well, I'll he, say this. I'll give you this, man. I, I'll piggyback off of this. The Wardlow MJF stuff is it has been carrying. AEW for the past I don't know how many episodes and yep. Wardlow Spears in a still cage was the best wrestling that AEW's had on Wednesday night and probably months. And I'm just being honest. I thought it was really fantastic what they've done and it's really intrigued me for NJF Wardlow. You know, we talked about Seth Rollins losing a bunch. We mentioned this last week with MJF. Uh, he's lost a bunch, but Wardlow is a rocket man in AEW. That this guy is, is is over as over can be, and I'm more intrigued about this match than any other one uh, for Double or Nothing this weekend. And, and kudos to the parties involved here. Th- this has carried AEW for for quite some time now. So they gotta. If this was me, you know, he wins, and then I go put the AEW, the A- TNT TBS title on him right away. Okay, that other title, and and you sort of let him kind of. Just be a badass with that for a while. Let people let people just get excited for him to wrestle these matches and be badass for a little while. You get him away from the MJF. Let him do the real impressive stuff in the ring. Let people get excited for him with the power bomb stuff. Because to be honest, that the TBS title that's not even on the show. No, well, I, and, and it's has, not. Who has it? Now? It's Scorpio, right? Scorpio, it, that's right. We and then they've gone back and forth with him and Sammy. In him and him and his old lady. And so I, I think, I think that's where you go because you got to make sure you've got something ready for Wardlow after this. This is huge. He's got a lot of momentum. This is going to be a big win for him. And then what are you going to do with it after? He's not going to go up and wrestle for the title. You don't want him to do that because you don't want him to lose there. Punk's going to win this title, and you got to put it on Punk. And then you have Wardlow go do something else where he's winning, stacking up wins. He's on TV, and people are seeing him do almost like an open challenge kind of thing. Okay, you I, know I can dig it. I, can dig it. I, I would prefer that than MJF go over in a. Here's another Gino word that I'm stuck with now for some reason. Schmozzy way. Um, Schmozzy wonky. You love those. Yep. He'll have to, and he's got to stick around while MJF is chasing the title from from Adam Page. We don't want to see that because that that kind of ruins MJF too. It brings him down because we don't know if he's going to carry it or not. Um, I, I, I'm with you here. I, I'm with you there. Look, Wardlow's got to win this. Um, again, this can't be a two- or three-minute squash here. It can't. It, it, it just can't. So nope. if you're looking at all these matches, you're like, okay, How? Brett's match probably doesn't go very long. Um, Cargill and a J doesn't go wrong. But the rest of them. How do they not? They got to all be 10. You, you have a six-man tag with. 
with the House of Black Death Triangle, which has been a built-up feud for a while, even though it doesn't seem like it's very hot anymore. They've been building this for a while. They've had people in and out, hurt stuff through this. That's going to get a little bit of time. The Hardys, Bucks, that's got to get at least 10, 15 minutes. The Jericho Appreciation Society versus Blackpool Combat Club, that's got to get some time. Regal will have a fun spot or two in there. MJF Wardlow is going to get time. Wardlow, you know, MJF's going to pull the stalling crap. He's going to be making everybody wait and wait and wait to see him get his butt kicked before he finally does. Um, like you said, Britt, maybe the women's heart, women's heart tournament final gets a little shortchanged, but if they do and you're letting Ruby win, well, now all of a sudden you're trying to build Ruby back up and you're going to have her win in like this really short match where you don't really even give her a good moment in the final. And that ru- completely ruins Britt Baker, right? Right. If she loses in like a quick, so so what are you doing there? Joe, <laughs> Joe Adam Cole, those two guys, that's probably one of the matches that if you're asking everybody just straight on the card, what are you looking forward to from a wrestling standpoint? That would probably be top two or three. And I hate that that doesn't get a long build. I know. You know, it's just like, oh, it's a tournament. It has to look. You and I, we talk about this all the time. We're sports guys. We love tournaments. Uh, they have not done a very good job with either one of these, the men's or women's side of this Owen Hart Cup at all. It just hasn't I, been I know, don't, they, or presented at all. Yeah, they haven't told stories throughout uh, it. Uh, right? It's just been very like formulaic. You know, that's. Think, I think they think that we're. Smarter and remember everything. We're gonna tell the stories ourselves in our own heads, you know. Right. And I just don't. I don't know if that works. I'm too lazy. Yeah. Remember those things. We got the uh, triple threat tag match for the World Tag Team Championship: Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus versus Team Taz, Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs versus Keith Lee and Swerve. So they had a triple threat match. Okay, here's what I'll say. I thought the match was good. I liked it, Swerve. One, I like that I, if last, compared to last week, after this triple threat match, I'm I'm slightly more excited, invested in this match than I was last week. The only problem is, is like the slight means I've moved from like a two to a three <laughs> on, the, on, on like the meter of caring. Like this week they did better, but it still doesn't feel like enough to where... This thing's got to get 15 minutes with the tag champs with these three teams. And these are three, they've, they're wanting to get behind Keith Lee and Swerve. These are two of their newer sort of star acquisitions. Starks and Powerhouse are guys who have been there for a long time. And you know that they're high on and they feel like they've never really given them the sort of push that they should get. And then you got Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus who have been, Kind of paired up with Christian for a while, but as soon as they won the tag team titles, they've taken a back seat. It's like what WWE does when someone wins the US title or or the IC title. It's like or the women's tag team title. Right. It's like, oh, here you go, you win, but you're not gonna be on TV anymore. So will this match be very good? I think it will. I think it'll be great, but I don't I don't know who's the right team to win. I mean, if you really want to do it right, I think you probably should put it on Lee and Swerve. Yes. If you're looking at the major championship matches, um, even if you're uh, uh, if you're against Punk, which uh, you know we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, if you're looking at all the world title matches that you have on here, um, this is the one that probably needs to change hands. Um, Christian needs to turn. Uh, you brought that up a while back. 
if Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, Lucha Express, it, it just hasn't done anything. But again, we thought they were going to lose the titles the last time they uh, that Jurassic Express had a big match, and they didn't. But now's the time. If you're, if you're going to war, uh, you know, reward some people, um, Swerve like a reward low. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Swerve won on Wednesday night in the in the triple threat there. Then we had the big post match beatdown. You know, I don't know if that's a sign. We know what WWE does, or they tend to do. Uh, their their trend is to whoever gets beat down the week of, one of them is probably going to win on the pay per view. But I, I, I just doesn't need to stay with Lucha Express. You know? Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deeb. It probably should be just like this was probably for Thunder, like to stack her a couple wins against good in ring opponents. And like you said, these are two pretty good workers. Yeah. So. It doesn't feel like Deeb is is at the point where she should be the women's champ right now. I would be I would probably be surprised if they switched the titles here. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think they're going to do it. I mean, didn't Serena come over from the NWA? Yeah, you know stuff. So it's like, eh, again, I don't think this has been told properly. I didn't. No. Look, and, and nothing against Thunder Rosa or Serena. AEW hasn't told a lot of stories with titles. And, well, uh, this is what ends up happening when you have to jam so much on your TV shows is that you put you put a lot on the show and it's boom, 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 boom. And you get to see a lot of different people's faces on the show, but nothing breathes. Yeah. Nothing, nothing is able to really get built up. And, and I think so it these the, these workers, I think it does. It, it will. It'll hurt some of the matches in how meaningful they are and how much you remember them, because. The one thing about pro wrestling, we'll look back on matches all the time and go, wow, that was a great match. But you sort of remember the moments of the matches that were built really well, you know, and the big moments then and the funny stuff here and there. And so the level of work now, every every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, we have good wrestling on TV. It used to not be that way. It used to be like you'd get some squash matches and then big matches on the pay-per-views. That was always the template from when we started watching wrestling when we were kids, Coop, the territory days. You get the squashes throughout the week or on TV, and then they build to the big matches on pay-per-view where you finally get to see some stars. And occasionally you'd get some TV matches where like a title was defended or you'd get like a big tag team match or something cool, but not as much as, dude, we got Becky and Asuka in the main event. You know, that's a WrestleMania main event. And, you know, that was just on Raw. You know, and we we get sure. matches like Punk been opening with, you know, having cool matches with, you know, FTR guys or just different people that were really good quality matches on AEW. AEW always has good quality, but they're not build they're not building these stories, I think, as well as they could be. In particular, the main event, Hangman versus Punk. Hangman's just sort of felt cold. JR's trying to force it when he was like, man, this guy, he's good, but he's great now. I've seen him become great. It's like, no, JR, don't do that. It, And I, I don't really have problems with a lot of the work that Paige has done in ring since he's been the champ. He just hasn't been very interesting. And look, again, uh, second week in a row, uh, your world champion is out second. and that Early tell, in the show, you- the placing on the card. I, I, there's nothing. I don't want to hear anyone tell me, oh, you're reading too much into this. Not this one. I'm not. 
Um, you know, AEW has been notorious for their main events on their pay-per-views, the world title. Uh, somebody shows up, uh, post-match celebration. So uh, Punk has to win here. I guess your your 1B uh, would be Hangman wins, retains, and Omega returns. Um, Something cheap where they, yeah. You know, get people excited. That's if you don't put the title on Punk. But I think in order to, to, to save this world championship, because they haven't done a good job with it, they just have it. Um, punk has to go home uh, with the championship here. Totally agree. I think you have to go Punk. I think you go Punk here, and then after Punk, you you know if Adam Cole wins, you can go to that for a little bit. It, whatever you're going to do with MJF, if you want to do that, that's a possibility you can do. Hell, you can do Jericho. Sure, he would be a a great guy for like a first feud after Punk wins. You know, and there, so there would be plenty of options for heels. I think you could go with. Where's Lance Archer? Isn't he the guy that always comes in? <laughs> he's like, he's like the cane, isn't he? Yeah, he's he like is the cane. cane. You it win, Jake Roberts. Let me tell yeah. you something, yeah. punk. You straight edge society stuff. Yeah, you win, and then you gotta <laughs> face, uh, you gotta face uh, Kane Archer. So eleven matches, forty-two people. Woo! In the eleven matches that are. Uh, a lot of people on this show, Coop. Sometimes you look at a card and you're like, oh, there's 15 people on the card. You know, there's eight matches. Five of them are one-on-one and there's a couple tags. There's a 10-man. There's a six-man. No, there. And then there's a triple threat tag. So those three matches have six, 10, and six people in them alone. So I just did some math while you were saying that. That almost averages out to four people per <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's four it's, a, it's an average scene that's I will, like say this, eight. <laughs> I will say this about them they're consistent and that's how they want to present their product and their shows and you know what yep a lot of people like that I prefer let me say this I would rather it be this than a show that, than, a, than somebody who doesn't care I'd rather some of these yeah. AEW yep. shows or pay-per-views than sometimes when WWE just packs it in. Just and mails it like, home. We've seen that a lot. We yep. have. And you're like, you know what? They're just mailing it in tonight. Give me what AEW is going to give me more consistently than on those nights. The problem is, is like, this is your biggest show of the year or one for them, I guess it is. And so you really want to build this up. I think the MJF Wardlow stuff has been awesome. That okay. feels like it could have been like a WrestleMania made event the way they built it. 100%. And other than that, though, Just what is like the place. next best built feud? Ah, uh, man, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm looking, I'm going through here. Uh, I don't even know. I, I don't, I, I, I no. can't even say it because I no. don't like what they've done with Paige and Punk to build to this. I'm not really a fan of what they've done with any of the women's stuff, like we said. That doesn't mean those matches or any of the matches, once Absolutely. the bells ring. Absolutely. That's a All of this story. stuff could be sure. fine. It's just how did we get there? Is is there the most heat or the most interest in it? And I think we will see from the pay per view buys. Like I don't think there's as much buzz leading into this pay per view as there might have been with some of the others. Where in like Punk's first match back, or you know, That's um, a good point. A couple, so I, I guess we may see with the pay per view buys because we could look back and say, "Wow, fantastic show from top to bottom." But I don't know how many things I'm dying. Like even just think about some of the other feuds and other shows, like 
some of the stuff with Kingston I was sort of into in some of his other you know Moxley and Brian Danielson would have separate matches where you'd be a little bit more intrigued and they're kind of in one now um so the the tag stuff all of the tag teams matches should be fine but they've all kind of watered each other down and diluted it because you know the belts aren't really on the most over tag team so what do you start with i think you probably start with either the triple threat world the tag team championship with the the just because the crowd will be hot for that or maybe um hardy's bucks i think one of those two tag matches okay I think you maybe start there, and they've been pretty consistent about always finishing with the world title. I think, yeah, I, Punk's got to win this thing. I don't yeah. think it's not going to bury Punk if he doesn't. But if Punk loses this in like a clean loss, I would be shocked. But you don't need to put Adam Page over. No, <laughs> you know it Punk, just doesn't work that way. Punk is Punk is here now, and you need to take advantage of him for a little while. And and this is what I was. When you have the veteran guys come back, this is what sort of hurt Jericho for a little bit when he would come back to WWE. You'd know that he was always losing the feud. Right. Whoever he was in a feud with, you'd know that at WrestleMania they were going to end up winning because Jericho was going to leave, and and so they would get over on him. So it became sort of predictable, and you don't want to do that with someone like Punk. Punk's got to be your guy for a little while. Put the title on him. Let him run with it for six months. You know, wait till the next person is really, really hot to take it off Punk. When Paige got the belt or when they had the plans for Paige to get the belt, he was a hot commodity. He's not anymore. So you go Jericho, Moxley, Omega, Paige. That has been your title, uh, your champs, your title champs here. And, you know, so you didn't give it to Paige in the beginning. I kind of understand a new promotion. So you want a name to hold it, even though that didn't make any sense to me. I thought if you, you know, you, you give it to the guy, but I thought that Jericho did a good job with it. And I thought Moxley has done a good job with it from Omega and page has just been not very good for, for whatever it's worth. Omega was hurt. I understand that's life that happens in sports, but it just didn't work. And it was passed on to page. It just hasn't worked. Um, uh, Puncture guy here, man. I, I just if Page wins and Omega comes out, that just does nothing for me. You know, I, I, I'm not saying he does, but it's been a while since we've seen Kenny Omega, and they they've been known to bring guys out. You know, they they've been known to bring guys out and um, and debut them or return. And that's and that's fine without the title. Sure, absolutely. Just get that elite stuff. It's it tells its own story. You they've got they've got plenty it. there. Put that belt on Punk right now and let him try to do some work with it. That's your investment. You paid this guy a lot of money to come here and, and try to move the needle for you. And if anyone that listens ever wants to question like our motives or if we, you know, really our biases of anything, just think about how we've talked about CM Punk in the last year. We <laughs> when he came back, we were like, you know, this is something's a little bit off. I buried not, the guy. Yeah, we were like, it's not great. His in-ring stuff isn't looked very good. He's not really in feuds. He's kind of, and then boom, I think it was the Kingston and the MJF. And then since then, he's been better on commentary. And we, every time he's been out there doing good work, we've said he's doing better work and better work. And and now we're saying, put the rocket on him, put the belt on him. That just shows you that we're willing to change our complete opinion based on what we see. We don't have 
We don't have any reason to to bury anyone or anything. I want to see the best product when I watch AEW or SmackDown or Raw or NXT. I want the best two hours or three hours or however long it's going to be. And so are we always right or wrong with what we think? Are we wrestling bookers? No, but we've watched a hell of a lot of wrestling of different companies through the years to where we sort of know what makes sense and what what might work a little bit better sometimes than than what we're presented and like we've done a full we've gone full circle on punk now like completely full circle and that's what i love is that we've both been on the ride together where we were like we just weren't feeling it and now he's gotten better his in ring work is better he's just sharper on the mic again too you can feel it he's like he's got back to being in that live you know where you're out there jabbing with people back and forth and He's good. Like the crowds liked him. He's been good. Go with him right now. I, I go with him right now. I, I've I always said it. I don't like waiting. I think you strike when and you punks punks the guy right now. Put it on. If you don't if you don't, Gino, what do you have? Punk. What does he do from here? Where does he go? I know. You know? Yeah. yeah. Just thought. Look, if it's this is the way they wanted it, full circle. Uh, he comes in. He's hot. He's great. His promos weren't good. We we kept talking about the pipe bomb, the pipe bomb, the pipe bomb. Uh, this is a pipe bomb moment for AEW. Again, we always talk about these big pay-per-views um, and these big moments for certain companies. We talked about it with NXT with War Games. Hey, look, they've got it. It's got to be good, and they delivered. Again, this is a big moment in AEW. So there's 11 matches. It's their biggest event of the year. The Rocket needs to go on CM Punk because if not, there's there's not a place other other. There's no other storylines right now that that you can put him in that he's going to be good without that title. You can't just keep saying, oh, it's CM Punk. People are going to like him and watch anyway because it's not going to work. Your audience is not growing. It's staying the same every week. Put it on him. And, and honestly, why would you keep it on page? It's like from a basic – he's just not the most over guy anymore. You, if he was one of your guys from the beginning and you told you told his story. His story came full circle, and then unfortunately, what's been going on afterwards, maybe it's a combination of the crowd just was like, okay, good, Paige was done, but now we like some other guys a little bit more. Or they didn't have the contenders stacked up for him, or whatever, the feuds, the blood feuds, whatever it was, it's nobody's fault, really. It just, it happens. This is what happens. There are guys and people that are more over than him now, and you don't want to keep this isn't a Roman Reigns situation, like you're saying. There's nobody else out there right now that you look around. You go, okay, who who should it be instead of Roman? Well, and and Paige has been acting like a heel. I know in, in this because Punk Punk is people have got behind his run to be this this challenger. And if look, I think it does more harm than good by Paige keeping it. I I, I don't care about Omega coming back. I, I don't want Cole winning the the Owen Hart. Cup and coming out there and hitting hitting Page at the end while he, he just went over. I, if Page goes over on CM Punk, this could be your first moment when the AEW crowd turns on AEW. I'm just telling you, this I is going to be and it could get it, it could get up. They're going to be there a long time, four or five hours out in Las Vegas. Many of them are already there. You know, I just they want to avoid this moment. They Punk? they they have not had this moment yet. They didn't they do. They did it. They've done everything pretty well with Punk. They didn't. They didn't let him come in and do the Goldberg thing, didn't or just put put the title on him immediately. 
and have him go over all of your other established people right away. And that was something that we were even like, come on, punks in these matches that don't mean anything. But now you look back at it and it's like, well, people didn't didn't resent him now because he, he didn't come in and just go over everyone. We were a little bit worried with Darby when that happened, but. Darby is the only one and, and it's not I don't think punk, Punk's fault but Darby Is sort of like where Jungle Boy's kind of been and Even less like he's not Where's Darby right we just went through 44 people <laughs> And no Darby 44 people that we talked about we didn't mention Darby Allen who's a pillar How crazy is that It's crazy <laughs> You know crazy. like I didn't even think about that Him and Sting not even not, not even Not even mentioned Wow and- that's crazy. We haven't even brought them up, or we didn't even think about them until now because of all this. What's going on? That's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. So uh, that is double or nothing coming up this weekend. So a big weekend, um, a big like ten days or so with uh, with double or nothing, and then uh, heading right to the next weekend into the NXT show on Saturday, and then I believe to Hell in a Cell following that. So Koopa Loop. My man, this is a big weekend for AEW. I'm sure the show will be good. Hopefully, it's not seven hours um, like some of the <laughs> WWE ones used to go. That's the one positive about the two nights is that you get the nice three, three and a half hours instead of the like six and a half hour plus shows. Yeah, you know, it's uh, and when you were talking about it, you know, we, we used to see jobber matches and build up. That's what made these pay per views so special. Now we've become such spoiled, bratty. Wrestling entertainment fans That we've got to have five stars And every segment has to be great You move what's happening now To the 80s Wrestling fans would know what to do With themselves back then It would just be so great So uh, yeah, look it, It's Las Vegas It's going to be it's gonna be a long evening This Sunday night It's Memorial Day weekend too It's a holiday weekend So uh, here's hoping that everything that happens uh, we're happy about <laughs> because if not, it will make for even more interesting. That's what G said this week in wrestling next week. Yeah, you know, we'll be talking about it positives, negatives, everything that went down, and all the other stuff from the week in wrestling right here each and every week with Chad Cooper. Koopa Loop, my man. Thank you so much, brother. You have a nice Memorial Day weekend. Barbecue up, uh, you go, when you put a little hamburger, some hot dogs <laughs> out on the bar. I'm, I'm a hot dog guy myself. I'm yeah. a pretty picky eater, but yeah. give me some hot dogs. I'll put a couple corns, a little, little uh, corn on the cobs out there. You know, make myself a little like homemade cheese bread even. Throw a little, <laughs> little nachos together. I got a little barbecue action coming up this weekend. Yeah, I do too. I, I mean, I can't cook for, for anything, but one thing I can do is grill, even if it's the on the George Foreman type grill variety. Oh, yeah. I can do that, but yeah, plenty of hot dogs, hamburgers, and some cold ones for uh, for everybody to enjoy this weekend. Coop, my man, you uh, you have a good one. You stay safe, and we will talk next week, my friend. You got it, Gino. Make sure to give him a follow at the Chad Cooper. Big weekend coming up for AEW, so we'll uh, we'll have some eyes and ears on that on Sunday. We'll be talking all about that again next week. And that's gonna do it for this episode. Now, keep in mind we have a lot more coming up this week. We will have. Some NBA with Eric We'll talk about everything going on in the conference finals And if we have in fact moved on to the NBA finals We'll check in what's going on in baseball We'll talk some Sunday racing And some Monday racing We'll have some Louisiana Downs, some Santa Anita And some Lone Star has a really nice Monday card So I'll have a lot of racing for you With the holiday coming up And another episode coming out with some NBA With uh, some baseball With all that racing We'll have 
Moon Knight Episode 6, Doctor Strange, and Kenobi 1, Kenobi, all coming up in the next week or so. So tons of content each and every day, all sports, pop culture, everything going on in the uh, the world of Star Wars and MCU, and we'll be back with you again, um, honestly, in, in just a few hours with uh, a lot more content coming out. Talk soon.